Sweet 17. We're on our 17th is film. It, yeah, man. Is there anything for 17? Uh, who knows? Sweet 16. It I like Sweet 16. Sweet What's a good 17? Anyway, She's on only 17. 17. This, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, uh, this one I'm really happy about doing because it's uh, it's one of the, the films that's, I mean, it's it's a monumental in the horror franchise. Long story short, we're doing a Nightmare on Elm Street. And yeah. it's another Wes Craven that we're so happy and to we, head on to. It's uh, Tyler and Danny again. I'm yeah. Tyler. I'm Danny. Uh, and we're the Fried Squirms. And yeah, we're man. coming at you again with our just talking about horror movies and shit. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really, like I said, once again, I'm really excited about this episode because it's, uh, it's one I grew up with. And it's like it's another way of us getting to talk about Wes Craven a little bit. Yeah, so let's, yeah, I don't. There's no real news from the week for me or anything. So let's no, just other than me this. just watching this great meal. Yeah, pretty much. I watched it a couple times. It was a good time. So let's get into how did this make us squeal? squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right. So, like I said, we're we're on a nightmare on, on Elm Street. The first one. The very first one. The original, <clears throat> 1984, directed and written by Wes Craven. We have hit Wes Craven before, but in case you didn't listen to that episode, yeah, uh, I mean this monumental horror director, legendary yeah. icon. Like so, we we could list numerous films in the pantheon of his career, and like so, we we've already done uh, The Hills of Eyes, the original. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Last House on the Left during that. Oh yeah, well. and like I so, said, when I think of uh, some of his horror films. You can't help but think of, like I said, this one in particular, the two that we just mentioned, possibly Scream, you know. There's other films within, too, that we could talk about. But I'm, I'm glad we did this one, because this is one, like I said, as a, as a kid growing up, this is the first one that I had seen uh, by Wes Craven. Um, so this is one that I'm more familiar with, in, in terms of, like, growing up with. And then later on, I started mm-hmm. seeing the other films, you know. Right, well, and... We'll give it away because it's it's not going to be the next movie, right? But in this realm of us going through slashers, yeah, we're actually going to end up touching on Wes Craven again. Oh, we absolutely in a couple are. films. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that particular episode too because that's a good film, great film. Well, it's not the next one, but we're going to no. hit Scream. Yes, we are. We certainly are in this meandering through slasher dumb. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's a good way to to hit on some some major icons too, and like I said. And horror, so mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm happy with that. So we're gonna hit Wes Craven again because that's how much of an, uh, an impact is. he made. Yeah. yeah, amazing movie. This is a good one. The Scream connection kind of kind of helped decide why we did this one instead of because I, I think it was up in the air between this and number three. I agree. I agree with that. Because number three is a really good movie. It really is. I'd, I'd say, you know, when when I think about this franchise in particular, I, I would say, I mean, it's arguable how, how many, before it starts kind of getting, you know, losing its maybe some of its its flair. Um, I mean, they're, they're all pretty solid for the most part, mm-hmm. you know. But like I said, I grew up watching the majority of these films, you know. And number three had like the, the kind of redesigned Freddy where yeah. he was kind of like... Less just like straight up burn victim looking, and was kind of stylized and exactly. Uh, you know, that's a good point because uh, I think they had a probably quite a, a larger budget for that film too, yeah, which helped. But uh, well, but the other it, thing it was just is a strong though, franchise. Three though starts. Three sort of starts to 
very subtly touch on themes yes that get later brought up more obviously in scream a lot more of like meta how is this horror what does horror mean to us this sort of thing and uh we uh as far as when we were going through these we didn't want to quite get there yet that's that's why we chose to do scream later on so we started with this one the first one and like i said it, it also kind of um Follows, you know, not necessarily the way we plan it, but it does follow, you know, like certain uh, uh, linear uh, years and that we're going through, too. these have been kind of chronologically, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. I was Which like, we you know, did not actually time that. No, it was just, it just happenstance for us. Um, but yeah, it's it's another one, like I said, oh, we're doing. Yeah, we didn't plan that. No. That. But it's mean, still I pretty cool, though, I thought. Sense. You know, but um, yeah, like I said, you know, with our director and writer, like we, we get Wes Craven again. And like I said, there's... So many films that he's done. Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, which is, it'll be brought up here again in a little while once we start talking about this film. People the under screams. the stairs, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. I God, mean, I don't know. I'm mean, Yeah, People Under the Stairs, come on. Shockers, from yeah. the Rainbow. Oh, yeah, that's a great film, too. Swamp Thing. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I said, these are a lot of films I grew up watching. Like, it, when they came out, mostly for VHS, but like I said, they're all great, man. They're all fun to watch. Great director. He had a good mind. He has a great mind. So I'm really glad we did this one as well. Uh, should we? I mean, I guess we can start getting into the little bits and pieces of it, though. Yeah, like or I said, do you, I mean, I've got a, you know, I've got some some pretty decent, uh, pretty decent notes, I suppose. Like you said, if you want to get technical about it, I suppose mm-hmm. whether or not uh, New Line Cinema is the reason we bring this up because this is a film that we'll mention a little bit that kind of saved their ass. If not, it did oh, because it, did. it has a, it has a uh, it has a name for it. <laughs> you know, this particular character, right? The house that Freddie built. Yeah. I mean, so they were kind of tanking in right before this this film came out. This is the one that saved them. But this film, I mean, it cost one point eight million. Yeah, and when they grow, they they made that over their opening weekend. Yeah, they yeah they made that back opening weekend. Went on to do like twenty five at the box office. Yeah, so they that's, grossed that's a by great return. Like, yeah, almost a year later, they grossed a little like twenty six point five million. Mm-hmm. I had written down. I was like, wow, that is <clears throat> that's not a bad investment and a nice return. And set up. Another huge character we've yeah. done. So we got Mike Myers, exactly. Jason, yep. Freddie. And Freddie. So, you know, we kind of mentioned this. And he, mentioned, he mixes it up, though. These, mm-hmm. these first two, kind of these big, imposing, physical. Yeah, and exactly. They're supernatural because they're, they seemingly can't be killed. But they're these physical threats that keep coming at you. Yeah. Freddie starts to play with the formula some. He's not a physical threat. He's unstoppable, but it's because he comes at you through your dreams. And that's a whole different take on the genre. No, it shouldn't be uh, at this point. I mean, you should be familiar with this film. If not, this is this major theme throughout the entire franchise. I mean, this like this is how it's it's different from being another uh, you know Jason Voorhees, another Michael Myers, or you know another one of these. And out of the out of the huge. Uh, I guess modern horror legends uh, or something. I don't. I don't know what you would call them. Like they're not the old school Universal monsters, no. but they're still these icons in horror. These these huge monumental figures. That I would all think, sort of came out in the same time period. And I would imagine, like just you know, just for argument's sake, is like possibly our our parents, you know, their generation, and then our generation and uh, whatnot. I think they would be more familiar with these particular characters mm-hmm. in horror films and say. Like the Boris Korlovs, or you know, yeah. You, like so, you could you could name a name and name a name, but like but so, out the, of, even the out universal. Of all of those out of these 
these uh, these figures that came through, and not all of them are necessarily slashers because I think uh, Pinhead definitely fits in there. Yeah, I he's agree. not a slasher. No, he's not. Um, it's just some of the techniques that they use, and like I said, some of the I, I maybe but they gets sort of in. came in the same time period, yeah. and are these very these very memorable characters and performances. Yeah. And you out of to, all uh, of them. Freddy was the one that I wished, like, if I had to choose to have the powers of one of them, like, yeah. if I was going to go be a a movie villain, Freddy was the one I wanted to be. Well, it's, I didn't want to be Freddy because I didn't want to be a fucking child killer. Well, I understand that. Not not, not that you want his backstory, <laughs> you right. know? But, but just I wanted, like, if I persona. had to, yeah, if I had to be off killing things in a horror movie because yeah. I was the bad guy, Freddy who was, was who I wanted to be. His powers... Yeah coming at you through your dreams it's fucking awesome that is i mean that's something that you have to think about too is like every human being on this planet has to go to sleep at some point right mm-hmm. so it's inevitable that this particular figure would show up in dreams so that gives it an even bigger impact when you think that it can affect anybody <laughs> and if i could do that with pinhead's chains <sighs> yeah i mean you'd have a win-win scenario <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. i'd be yeah i'm down yeah but yeah, like I said, uh, New Line, they were they were big, uh, not only a production company of this film, but they also distributed it uh, for the its USA release, uh, theatrical release back in 1984. Uh, another one that I had down was Media Home Entertainment. They helped present it. Smart uh, Pictures helped present the film as well. And uh, the Elm Street Venture, they're the copyright owner of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's basically your production and your distributors. Uh, like I said, we talked about the budget, $1.8 million. Uh, grossed, like I said, uh, maybe six months later, roughly $26.5 million in the box office. That is not a bad return. Uh, opening weekend, this is uh, November 9th, so it was a limited release. They made $1.27 million. Yeah, so uh, almost made back at its entire budget. Yeah, it's just, not quite, but Yeah, exactly. Almost. It's just that, that limited. And then it, it released, I guess, uh, more statewide on November 16th, 1984. Uh, I wrote down that it was filmed... In uh, June of 84 and through July of 84. I think it only took 30 days to film the, uh, from start to finish. Uh, and like I said, I like taglines. We talked about those in other films. It has another good one. It has several of them. But the one that I liked because it was also on one of the posters that I'd seen. Is, uh, it says, if Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at all. And then if you're familiar with the rhyme, there's one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Mm-hmm. You know, which I, that's that within that's, itself, man. Yeah. It's it, You know, if you... If you're familiar with this this franchise, that would definitely comes up a lot. In this movie, the other thing is it starts to play with the slasher thing. Some of the no, the, the elements are still there. Yeah. But it almost starts to bring in elements that we saw in like Phantasm and yeah, Wizard of Gore and stuff where they start oh, yeah. to blur the lines between fantasy and reality. Yeah, it makes mention of it. And I think I mean I'm I would say that a good portion of the movie not quite the entire last third, but almost that much of the movie might all be a dream. Which would make sense, because um, how does one interpret a dream when you're in that dream state, and then you come back to, you know, quote-unquote reality, and then try to interpret that? You know, where, where, where do you blur the line between, like I said, fiction and reality? It's interesting. It's a good note. But you're right. We'll talk that being about that. said, uh, yeah, yeah, we can talk about the cast because I mean that's that's pretty yeah, much my my. Let's talk notes. about the cast because Great I was cast. both 
one of the things for me, how this movie made me squeal, mm-hmm. is I was super excited to watch it. I watched it. Yeah. When I watched it the first time through and I didn't take notes, I got even more excited because there was parts of it that were even better than I remembered them being. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there. I would I would almost say that this might be the most frightening movie we've done so far. It it has a lot of really creepiness to it, you know. So it it does. It has a you know when like so when we were talking about this film, and I and I had to think about the time period when I had seen it because it was a few years after its release. I think I maybe was seen it as early as uh, five or six years old. So you know, it's like since it's not something most children grow up watching. But during that time period, it was it was on a lot. It was a big franchise, you know. Making a long story short, this like so this actor, but well, uh, iconic. Really quick though, yeah. That's the, so when I watched it the first time, that's what happened. Second time was when I had to take notes. Yeah, yeah. And I dreaded going into it because one of the things I noticed that first time around was even though there was parts of this movie that were so much better than I remembered it. Yeah, yeah. It plays into these actors. Is unfortunately a lot of them give really bad performances. Yeah, it's not movie. the it's not the strongest uh acting and performances. And I did not want to like have to sit there and watch some of these scenes and have to take notes on them That's and go through it slower. Like I just wanted to get through some of it, which like I feel really bad saying about this movie cuz it what it's an amazing movie overall. Yeah. But if you sit there in some of these some of the dialogue exposition scenes. Whew, some yeah, like of them I said, it's do not give good performances. I, I would, movie. I would agree. Um, and that's that doesn't take anything away from the actors or actresses that played. I know you're not saying that either. Mm-hmm. It's just you're right. I mean, you have to, you have to. If you're if you're going to be technical about it, and you're watching it from from that view, you have to be a little bit honest, you know. And there was one other thing I noticed that. Uh, I know it doesn't, isn't the case with all of his movies, because I've seen enough of his movies. Right. But so far, the only two Wes Craven movies we've done so far uh, are movies where his scripts required characters to be just the stupidest. Oh, yeah, when you think about it. the worst. Uh, it, most of the adults in this are terrible. Yeah, and, it's funny. I mean, it's funny I mean, when you watch I, it. And some people point out that you know it could be you know interpreted as sort of a metaphor for... The problems and the hardships of being a teenager and dealing with the world and shit, and yeah, it's seeming like, like a coming of age, don't care that, yeah. and stuff, and this and that. But yeah, it's it's understandable. I mean, it, like I said, it, it, but really, it'd be the hard adults to argue that in this are just fucking the worst. Yeah, and it's and it's ironic in a way because they're really really good actors and actors. They really are. Like, this cast is pretty great. So yeah, it's a strong them. cast. It's a strong cast. Yeah, so, I mean, if you want to start off, I'll, I'll wait before we talk about the uh, the iconic figure, but I'll start with uh, Heather Langenkamp because she plays Nancy Thompson. Okay. And she plays uh, Nancy, Nancy through... being the final girl. Yeah, she's definitely a final girl. And uh, she shows up several times in the franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. several times throughout. So, you know, I went back, I think I mentioned to you, uh, maybe just a week ago or so, and uh, I think I was on one of you know the paid subscription uh, services, and long story short, I'd seen a like maybe a four or five minute clip with her and our iconic figure, and they were asking them some questions about you know some of the, what roles they they liked that they played, etc. Mm-hmm. What was some of their their favorite lines from the franchise? So she's still very active in this franchise, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she plays Nancy Thompson like she, she's our, our final, one of our final girl. Oh, she is the final girl. So another one that I wrote down 
His film debut, iconic figure through oh, yeah. so many franchises. Guess what? If you didn't know this, yeah, this is the film debut of Johnny Depp. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm going to make a joke here, but this is uh, Tim Burton's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it. I mean, this is this oh, is I his. She was my boyfriend. I, I, I'm. I'm a little jealous. I'm not hey. mad at him. I'm just saying Damn. he. Uh, he plays so many great characters through film history man uh but just to just to see like i said a lot of actors and actresses do get their start in horror uh and he is he's no uh no exception to the rule in this case no no not at all he yeah. even he has uh, an iconic he even scene. turns up in some unexpected horror movies later on in his yeah. career oh yeah we, he does. we may actually touch on this show at some <laughs> and point i'm okay with that. that he even does one that i'm not a big fan of per se as far as the genre i mean not uh, it's anyhow. Mm-hmm. I still like the film a lot. It's what I'm getting at. I'll, yeah. I'll reserve the right to say what film that is. Ah, uh, you can kind of tell this is uh this is his debut role. Yeah, you can tell. Maybe a little bit. Tell. He's not quite the Johnny Depp. He's not quite all. polished it yet, but he's not bad either. No, he's not bad. He's he gives a good performance. Yeah. Um. Not, so well, yeah, not he doesn't give a bad performance. because because we know him now. Like back then, you wouldn't know him as Johnny Depp. You would know him as his character Glenn. Glenn. Yeah. Uh, now I wanna I wanna point out something because his uh, being brought into this movie. Yeah. Is is kind of a, a neat little story all of its own, and it involves a character actor that I really dig. Yeah. Johnny Depp wasn't trying to be in this movie. Johnny Depp at the time was trying to make it as a musician. Yeah, that makes sense because he still plays music. He was hanging out with his buddy. Actor Jackie Earl Haley. Ah, you might know Jackie Earl Haley yeah. as the foul-mouthed pitcher from the original Bad News Bears. Yeah, um, he's the he's not the, the Billy Bob Thornton. No, no, no. He is the original one the with original uh, Walter, Walter Matthau. Matthau. Yeah, he's the little punk on the dirt bike who winds up being the star player essentially. Uh, spoiler, sorry, but that's that's Jackie Earl Haley. He then goes on to, to play be in the Rorschach. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Go ahead. Then you may know yes. him as Rorschach yes. in The Watchmen, yep. which I really dig that movie. That is a great film. That's a really good film. And later on, what? in what, it was 2010, uh-huh. uh, not the best remake, but he went on to play... Freddy Krueger. Yes, he did. In a reboot of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, and um, to his credit, he did a good job. Yeah, he wasn't bad. Um, I might be being too critical, but I wasn't a huge fan of that film. No, uh, I wasn't either. You know, but like I said, it's, it's no discredit to him as an actor because he's a good actor. And um, you know, I was just thinking earlier, like when he I was also played a big part of the first season of Preacher. Oh, well, I, said, I haven't I'm seen that, but you mentioned fan it. Of. Yeah. People go watch Preacher. It's one of the best things on TV. Amazing. Sorry. Anyway. That's okay. <laughs> it's That's kind of, right. I guess kind of right. there's a vampire in it. It's kind of horror related. There's a vampire. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but no, like I said, I mean, he's he's still, um, I mean, even like I said, when he started off as, as that so, kid, he's still relevant. And he Jack Earl Haley was trying out for the part. I'm not sure what oh, part. Oh, wow. Huh. Uh, I'm not sure if he was trying out for Glenn, but he was... He was the one showing up to audition. That's pretty interesting. And Johnny was hanging out with him because they were friends. And he shows up, and Wes basically picks him. Yeah, um, and I think I might have... him in the room. I might have read why 
He yeah, picked him. and I think his daughters had something to do with it. She made a remark about his appearance, and uh. she used a, uh, a word that I thought was it was you know endearing. She said that he was beautiful, and so you know he's a pretty boy. Yeah, especially in this movie. Yeah, Young he's, a, yeah he's a very handsome. He's not guy. quite. He's not quite a crybaby yet. But no, no, no. Which you know that's. I think crybaby might have been when he was at his prettiest. But. I think you're right, right around that, that time period. So if you have a man crush, you know what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. God, <laughs> but, I love Crybaby. Such a good movie. Yeah, anyway. that's great John Waters. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, another one that I thought was uh, interesting in this film, um, he played the father of Nancy Thompson, and I'm talking about Lieutenant Do- Donald Thompson, played okay. by John Saxon. And when I think of John Saxon, I'm a big fan of Bruce Lee. And he, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's in Enter the Dragon. Yeah, he's Roper. Yeah, so... Um, you know he goes back. He goes quite a way back. So when you when I think of you know some of his film credits, I'm like, damn, this this guy's been in some quite a few films, oh, and he wow. winds up being yeah. you know in this franchise, which is a huge franchise. So kudos to him. But he plays Lieutenant Donald Thompson uh, to uh, the father of Nancy Thompson. As soon as Thompson. you mentioned him, I had to start looking him up a little bit. No, but... if you want to take a look at some of his film credits. Well, I mean, I, I noticed right off the bat that he he actually is in another. Uh, slasher movie yeah. that we may have to cover at some point, maybe uh, thematically, maybe hol- seasonally. That's okay. I'm uh, okay with as that. As he was in Black Christmas. Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. That's a good one, too. Cannibal Apocalypse. Wow. Look, I mean, when you, when we're sitting here staring at like the film credits, like, Jesus Gee, yeah, Murphy, it's man. It's ridiculous. We're looking at, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, just well over 100 something odd credits. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What we're so, you know, we're, we're taking a look. Blood Beach. Yeah. My mom's a werewolf. Nightmare Beach. <laughs> I see Beverly Master. Hills Cop on there. Yeah, he he was in Beverly Hills Cop three. <laughs> wow, that's cool. From dusk till dawn. Oh, there you there go. There we go. I love me some Bob Rod. That's so for man, sure. so yeah, like I said, John Saxon. He's he's um he's an iconic figure. I don't want to mean that because he's he's such a familiar face when you think of him as an actor. And if you're familiar with him, like oh yeah, I know who you're talking about another actress that was in this film. She she played in some other eighty films. Uh, but her name is Amanda White. She played Tina Gray in the film. Okay. Um, and um, she has a pretty iconic scene in this film, too, if you're familiar with it. Well, uh, I think I I kept looking at her and being like, I know her from somewhere. I know yeah. her from somewhere. I, and I, I realized it when I saw her film credits. Where do you where did you know her from? Because um, I don't think it's going to be the same place. Probably not. But um, yeah. So when I when I think of like said so this actress, I remember seeing her in Better Off Dead. And the reason I remember that is because this is one of those John Cusack films in the eighties that it followed along with uh, like Say Anything. Mm-hmm. This one, uh, there's another film about where he goes to camp and it has Demi Moore in it. And oh, I can't remember okay, the name yeah. right off the top of my head. Wrong blank. But anywho, like I said, this is the one that I remember her with outside of this film credit. So for me, right, she was in seven episodes of the Highlander TV series. Oh, okay, that's pretty I cool. I love the Highlander TV series. I never I really got the into the series, it, but so. I really did dig the films. I'm a, a big fan of Highlander overall. Yeah, like the entire franchise. Kind of guilty, not even the series. anime is dope. So nice, man. Uh, well, and, that's cool. Yeah. That's I mean that's that's a whole different uh, franchise. That's really makes it really cool, man. I enjoy that one too. But like I said, she plays Tina in the film, and uh, she has a pretty cool credit, you know, in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy, he goes, his credit is Nick Corey, uh, but I think he goes by his name, Jesu Garcia, right mm-hmm. now. Uh, he played Rod Lane, and he has, um, like I said, a pretty cool film credit in this film as well. And he's been in a lot of an interesting of films. story himself. Yeah? Well, when he, he got the part in this movie, he was coming off of being homeless. Oh, I did not know that. 
part of that <laughs> was he was abusing heroin at the time. He's one of the too. people in this movie. His his performance isn't the worst. No. And there's one scene where he gives an amazing performance because he does not look like he's having a good time at all. Yeah. <laughs> he looks bad and strung out and it's sort of later on in the cop shop and you'll know you'll know exactly where we're talking about what especially once we get into it later in the guts and bolts. Well, that's interesting like said, not knowing that going into He this was movie. high on heroin at that time. Wow. He was like fucking taking it on the set. Yeah, he was snorting it in the fucking bathroom between takes. Dang. And that's why, that's why he had that nose all, drip. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why, why well, he's all fucking unfocused during that scene. I, I can understand that. You know, now knowing that <laughs> makes it makes a lot of sense, unfortunately. But to his credit, he did go on and to start a lot of films. Um, like I said, uh, when, I, when I started looking at him, he had some pretty interesting film credits. Uh, we he were was, soldiers. Yeah, I said he was That's he, one with one Mel Gibson. That's out to me. Also, yeah. one, the, one of the direct-to-video Candymans. Oh, you know, you had mentioned one before, too, and he was in... Um, he was in Vampire in Brooklyn. Thank you. I was like, there's another Wes Craven film we just mentioned, and I saw that. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Predator 2? Yeah, exactly. And Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, see, that's I started thinking about 80s films, and I remembered him being in that because it has Wesley Wildcats. Snipe. Wildcats. It has Woody, Woody Harrelson, Harrelson, Goldie Hawn, has a girl that plays in like uh, Teenage Witch. I can't remember her name right off the top. Robin Lively, I think her name okay. is. <laughs> so, yeah, he is in that film as well. Um, Dude, there's one of the greatest like continuity a, fuck-ups film, ever yeah. in, in Wildcats. We're going to go off topic just for a That's second okay. so I can I'm tell interested you in this. this. Yeah. Towards the end, when Woody scores like the game-winning touchdown, if you watch what happens during that... Right, you see, like right before the ball snapped, there you see Woody and you see his number and everything looks fine and you can't really see his face that well because you know the helmet and shit. Right, yeah, that makes sense. While the play is going, you see like the ball getting handed off to him and shit. The stunt man was black. <laughs> That's what. <laughs> That's a major continuity error. A black kid scores the touchdown. And then when it cuts back to him celebrating, it's Woody, it's Woody again. Jeez, man. That's why. You know, what would have been an appropriate title is White Man Can't Score a Touchdown. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Watch for that the next time you watch That's Wild funny Cats. because I do like that film. That's one, like I said, in, from the 80s I remember watching as a kid. Uh, and because it was a football movie, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. But anywho, that's funny. But he was in the film. So, you know, cool. even though you know, like I said, we went off a little tangent, we learned a pretty cool story about it. Um, let's see here. Here's an interesting credit, and like I'm still I'm still holding off for our big guy, but an interesting film credit was a teacher in this film. She wasn't a major character in this film, but she's played in a lot of films that we're familiar with. Uh, Lynn Shay. Um, so when okay. I think of her, I think of Kingpin, and I, when I think of Kingpin, I think of her being the landlady <laughs> in that film. Oh, okay. So if you're familiar with her. Then you might be familiar with seeing her in this film as well. But she's been in all kinds of films. Critters. Um, yeah. Insidious. 2001 Maniacs. Yep. Uh, Detroit Rock City. Yes. She is the mom who is in the, the KISS uh, uh, organization. Dumb and Dumber? Yeah. Yeah. She's all over the place. This yeah, is dude. nuts. Like I said, look at her film credits. She's, like, so we just talked about Woody Harrelson. There you go with Kingpin. Shit. So, yeah. like I said, look at all these different connections we're still doing with these films. 
it's pretty interesting, man. But I saw her snakes on a plane. Yeah, I saw her film credits. Like, wow, man, I had I had no clue that she was in this. And you know, growing up, who would have known that? Yeah, no, I not. But I'm familiar with who she is. That that's really neat. That yeah. kind of blows my mind. I might. It's pretty wild. during the editing process. I do have to go through this film at least one more time and yeah. scrub through it. Uh, so I might stop and like make note, be like, "Oh, there she is. That is her." Okay. Yeah, it's pretty funny. She's seriously in the movie for uh, what five seconds? Yeah, she, like I said, she's not in it very long, but she went on to do a lot of films that people are familiar with, especially if you like comedies, mm-hmm. uh, even horror films. Like I said, we just mentioned a lot of credits there. Here's another person. Like I said, I'm still holding off on our guy. Okay, uh, but this guy played uh, Doctor King, and he like I said, not a major part in this. This is part of the the sleep study team that she went oh, to. Oh, okay. But this guy is Charles Fleischer, and the reason I, I mention him is because you might be familiar with him as the voice of Roger Rabbit from from oh, Who Framed what? Roger Rabbit. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. So look at uh, check him out real quick. Like I said, interesting enough. I looked at him. I was like, he, I remember him because he has like such a familiar voice. And then I saw his film credits. Like, oh my goodness, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. My Girl too. There you go. Uh, that's when I grew up watching Oh, as well. shit. Gridlocked. Ah, uh, shit, son. Tupac. Oh, yeah, man. See? Dick Tracy. There you go. I just talked about some of those stuff. Balto 2 and 3. Was he in 1? Nope. But 2 and 3. That's something. Rango. Yeah, man. There you go. Zodiac. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Polly Shore is dead. <laughs> we all wish. <laughs> Nah, yeah. no, I like, of us. I like Polly. I'm sorry, I do. I'm guilty of I liking like him. Polly Shore. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's this. Uh, so I saw. That, I, I didn't like, actually check out some of these cast members, and this is kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Yeah. So I like. So there's a reason. There was one thing off. that I checked out that isn't even somebody who ended up in this movie, and I thought it was interesting. Right. Uh, but I think we're getting there in just a that's second. That's okay. So. That's okay. So like I said, he didn't have a, a big figure. Uh, Big part in this film, but he went on to do some other stuff we're very familiar with. Small credit, I'll just give him out real quick. Joe Unger played Sergeant Garcia. He just had a small film credit. Um, Mimi Craven, which the wife of uh, Wes Craven, she played the nurse in the sleep center with Dr. Fleischer. So she didn't have a big film credit, oh, okay. but she had a small film credit as a nurse okay. in the film. I've been holding off on this lady too, but uh, she went to play Marge Thompson, the, the mom of Nancy in the film. Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Blakely. Yep, exactly. And I thought she, I recognized her from somewhere that it turned out to she be had. She wrong, went to like so. win a, a Best Actress, like a Best Supporting Actress film credit for Nashville, I think it is, mm-hmm. in the 70s. So, I mean, she's... Big actress for her time period, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. So the the one that I've been holding off because this is like I said, I've already blown through the yeah, cast. Yeah, we uh, we started with Johnny Depp. Yeah, and exactly. now we're gonna end with the guy who comes back <sighs> time and time again yes. to this franchise. The whole reason we're even talking about this film, for the most part, Robert England. Yes, as Freddy Krueger. Yes. Now, the one thing that caught my attention was that he was not the first choice. Exactly. And they did even I think they even did like. Uh, costume and makeup tests on the other guy yeah. and something just ended up not working I, you out. know I, I read i read kind of conflicting re- reports about that because i think i know you're talking about yes this particular guy i read that he did and then later on i read that it was a rumor so i'm, huh. not, I'm not sure what to believe that's interesting but uh apparently i mean i guess if rumor is correct no i still thought it was interesting because is that familiar with him. was almost david warner yeah I re- David Warner uh, is another one of these character actors that pop up throughout a bunch of things. Uh, if you're Iconic a Trekkie, he too. pops in in a lot of Star yeah, Trek oh, yeah. appearances. 
I'm not actually the biggest Trekkie. I've probably seen him on there from time yeah, to time. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm, I'm for. I definitely know him more from like The Omen. Yes. Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. Tron. Yeah, exactly. He was the fucking master control program. Yep, that's pretty gnarly. And also being a good Whovian, and the fact that I just rewatched this episode literally like two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy that revives the Ice Warriors in Cold War. And strikes up kind of a rapport with Clara Oswald, which was uh, kind of one of the neater parts of that episode because they sort of got to play off each other a little yeah, bit. That is pretty interesting. Like I so said, we, we talk about... In know, the Mouth of Madness. Yeah, that's a good film. Which we might end up hitting at some point, that's actually, really just because I'm a Lovecraft fan. Yeah. And eventually we'll run out of other ideas. Think about the fact that we talked about certain uh, actors or you know who, would, who might have played a certain part and how would it change... Come think about it, like so we talked about Don Pleasance and but what it wasn't could have him. Been. Yep, exactly. Either way, it wasn't David Warner. Yes. Instead, we got Robert England. Robert England, which is man, I love Robert England, man, and he's for like I said, not necessarily this film, but later on in the franchise, man, he goes on and like really, really, no pun in, uh, intended, but he really kills it. Yeah. You well, know? and this is so Freddie, uh, maybe. Starts going campier a lot sooner than a lot of the other slasher characters. I, I would, I would, I would tend to agree with you there. Yeah. The other thing that sort of sets him apart is definitely later in the franchise, whereas the other two are basically mutes, right? Freddy's usually like firing off quips and yeah, and that's kind of known for his wit. And... Yeah, he does have some really interesting catchphrases throughout the franchise. You know, if you pay attention to some of the things he says, they're. You know, they're kind of zingers, but you remember them. Another thing, not as much in this movie. No, he like definitely said. talks more than uh, Jason or Mike Myers. Uh, yeah, but that's not saying sure. a lot. But that's <laughs> yeah. not saying much at all. <laughs> exactly. Bob says more than those two. Well, exactly. Especially when he has to, you know, explain things. But, uh, but no, it's funny because I think what he had less than seven minutes of film time or screen time, the entire film. Wow. Yeah. So, That's kind of insane. Yeah. So think about that. So when That's I think of him, less time than Godzilla had in the latest Godzilla movie. It's, it's wild, but it's you know when you when you when you start doing these technical viewings of it, you're like, holy cow, man! I never really thought about that, but yeah, it just kind of it, it tends to show that um, you don't really necessarily have to be on film a whole lot to give that scare factor, you know, if it's right. done right. And he does he does a good job just for what he has to do in this film. And well, you're really, right. Later I mean, on, he does get a little campier. He had uh, a, a little bit of a career before Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, but it was mostly doing like TV work, like he did like an appearance on Chips and this That's and that. That's pretty cool, yeah. But Nightmare on Elm Street, he took off, because now oh, he's wow. Freddy. Yeah. And he thoroughly enjoyed being Freddy. He stayed oh. Freddy through most yeah. of the entries of the and, franchise. You know, and that was kind of and a cool he thing. became huge in the entire horror community, which led him to getting cast in a bunch of other roles. Oh, man, no doubt, bro. You know, I think of some of his directorial films, but he also did, like, um, I think they did a remake of, was it 2001 Maniacs? Is one that I'm familiar yep. with? Um, That's what, yeah, that, I always kind of think of him in that 2001 Maniacs. Um, I also remember him, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's either... Late 80s, early 90s, they did the uh, Phantom of the Opera. Yes. That's one I remember him from as well. Um, I mean, there's other film credits, but those are some of those that kind of stand out to me. And then he also does, like, uh, voice work and shit on cartoons and shit, too. He was like Felix Faust in one of the Justice League cartoons. That's pretty cool. Uh, Riddler in The Batman. 
uh, animated a cartoon actually. It's pretty cool. Which is kind of kind of creepy actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's done like he, and I mean he still does TV appearances and stuff. I remember he was on an episode of Bones because I've watched through yeah, Bones. Yeah, that's a good so show. Like that show. Yeah, I'm a sister. He's on an episode of Workaholics. Ah, uh, that's pretty um, cool. That's a funny show. Yeah, he also is in another movie that we are also going to touch on again coming yeah. up. So keep him in mind because yeah. he was brought into that movie because of his association with horror movies. And yeah, that's gonna be fun. Getting to watch that one. Uh, I don't want to give that one away quite yet. We'll hold off. But, you know, here's an interesting one, and I'll, I'll kind of go off in tangent a little bit, just because it has to do with Robert England. Is, uh, I showed you, uh, what was it, maybe last week, the trailer for his directorial debut. He did uh, 976 Evil. And that's oh, one... that's right. That's one I remember growing up and seeing, like, late night on HBO. You know, like, uh, you'd stay up to be, like, 11 o'clock, and you're seven eight nine years old watching these films but that one was a little little creepy a little scary um i'll watch it now and you can tell definitely tell it's dated but as a kid mm-hmm. watching that film it has some really creepy elements um but the kid that starred in that film he was uh he was the sidekick in uh fright um uh, fright night to the kid who played brewster right he's oh, he's okay. always like you know yeah Anywho, uh, it's it's interesting because like i said he he went on to star in that film but that was his his debut and that was a really scary film per se for a kid mm-hmm. that time period and i mean really that that's the cast yeah that's our i mean for me that's my technical notes that's a cast um you know like I said, it's pretty cool when you kind of connect the dots to other films so it's another one of those association games we're playing and then there was just there was other kind of just little neat things that i ran yeah. across and i was trying to find shit on the movie like Freddy's red and green sweater. Yeah, it was done on purpose. Done on purpose because Wes had uh, read in Scientific American that it was the, the hardest, colors. the hardest colors for your eyes to resolve. Yeah, because what was it originally? Went one red and yellow, I believe it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I that's why he he sure. changed the colors. But yeah, I mean, there's some really cool trivia. I, you know, I can talk about a little bit after the film. But one other thing I'd like to to mention just really quick with that association game. Is uh, I think with Charles Fleischer, I think he was also in Back to the Future Part Two, and we just oh. mentioned you know Crispin Glover and uh, one of the other actresses from another one of the um, Friday the Thirteenth films mm-hmm. being in that. So here's another connection to some franchises, and there's a reason I think too because there's a couple of homages that are being played in this film that I'll mention throughout. I'll yeah, which is really cool. Well, there's there's definitely something that comes up in this two film of them. that were that I want to two I knew uh, one I knew for a certain one I missed. One thing, yeah, there's. I don't think these are going to be the same thing I'm thinking. That's okay. Anyway, so that we can talk about them. Yeah. Uh, I guess first, let's give our little warning. Yeah. So for warning, I would say there's there's some uh, mild nudity. Mild. When I say mild, I mean it's like like maybe a little bit of side boob. Yeah. Barely, but I. Like I said, that's why I say mild. It's yeah. mild. Sex sounds. Yeah, there's Pretty graphic sex sounds. Sexual themes, mm-hmm. um, if you want to do it that way. <laughs> um, there's definitely a lot of violence in terms of gore. Um, yeah. A lot of gore in this film. It's just overall kind of unsettling and creepy, really. Yeah, but I think it gives a good effect to the film, you know, mm-hmm. what it's trying to convey. And it's not quite the same kind of gore like if you were with us last episode oh, for yeah. us going through slashers. It's not like... Jason's head on the machete 
gore. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's a lot simpler than that, but it's still it's pretty just the, bloody. Exactly. No it's just, the, just the, the overall effect that it's giving. Mm-hmm. It, that's why I say that. Uh, so if, you, if you're not comfortable with blood and copious amounts of blood, you might not be comfortable with this film. Um, there are visions of panic and anxiety. So if you're not comfortable with that, you're probably not going to be comfortable with this film because there's a lot of it throughout. And that's all I can really think of. Yeah. So with that being said, um, I'm ready to to get in the guts and bolts of this baby. Yeah, let's get in the guts and bolts, talk about it a little bit more in depth, and and hit this bitch. Yeah. Guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. And so we're we're officially in the guts and bolts of Nightmare on Elm Street. This movie, like we had knives for fingers. Yeah, exactly. So Which I, you sort of start off seeing him make knives for fingers. Yeah, I, I wrote down that there's like a, a man working out, maybe like a workshop filing and hammering metal for a glove, and then eventually tries on the glove. So this is a precursor mm-hmm. to, uh, like I said, an element in this film that play. I mean, it plays a huge part of it. Not necessarily in this film, but it's essentially later on. Mm-hmm. Most definitely later on. But anyhow, after we see that, and here's an interesting note, real quick, because we're talking about this part. Um, this part was not played by Robert England. Oh, okay. No, it was actually. Um, I, let me hold on. I've got it written down. Actually, um, special effects man Charles Bellardinelli plays Freddy when first seen in movie. He huh, was the okay. only one who knew how to cut the glove and insert the blades. So uh, that's the reason so why. They just, so yeah. he can do it on. Exactly. So, interesting nugget. He is the first Freddy Krueger on He's screen. A, not Robert England. Yeah. So, gotcha. So here you go. Interesting note. So anyhow, um, right after we see that, we see the a Nightmare on Elm Street title. So you get the iconic title. You, you of get it. the really old school yeah, new you line do. cinema yep. logo. One that I was not familiar. Well, I yeah, mean, I put the I've seen the movie before, but on there, I didn't but yeah. remember that. That's not something that necessarily sticks with you in memory. No. Yeah. But then when I was re-going through it, I was like, oh, shit. That's Old that's not the New Line Cinema that logo we're familiar that with. I remember from like every other movie. Makes sense, yeah. But I was down. Yeah, no. Here's something that I noted, too, in the film. Because you have to give credit where credit's due. Is that some of the music... I was talking not some, but most of the music in this film was like, boom. Sets it off, right? So I put down synth keys because that's... To me, watching this film... I, it, I think of the score in this film because it gives you certain, um, you know, ideas of maybe like some anxiety. Well, and some that's tension one of the awesome on. things with most of these slashers. The score is a, a very central part. So to it. good, like, yeah. You you have those themes for each of the characters for the for yeah. the most part that that come back and back. I don't think Freddy necessarily has a theme. Not that, per se. That, that no. comes out to me that I can really think of. No, but, but some some of the tones in this film uh, coming off those synthesizers, you know, it definitely it definitely he might have his own signature sound though with like the sort of the claws. He's got his own soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's got. But no, I, I like I said, it just it just makes me think of this film, you know. But anyhow, it starts off with a girl uh, I put in a nightgown. And she's running down like a, a hallway of maybe a, a factory setting or a warehouse mm-hmm. or something of that nature. Um, but she's eventually, she winds up in a boiler room and you hear whispers of Dina, Dina, right? And you see a lamb, weirdly. Yeah, like this sheep kind of appears. She gets spooked and she turns around. And, yeah, it's like a lamb. Yeah. But soon after that, uh, she gets cornered eventually in that boiler room in, near a furnace, right? Um, so she's looking around because you, you kind of see glimpses of Freddy. maybe this, yeah, Freddy character. 
Um, and then eventually he appears right behind her, gives her that spook, and she pops out of a dream and you're screaming. Like, oh, that's what was going on. Yeah, so okay. she's having a nightmare. Um, and when she is, she's kind of have you know she's sweating. Her mom comes in to check on her, you know, make sure she's okay. And she's I guess she's just like I just had a dream. Uh, but the whole point is her mom's getting some nookie because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think her mom's boyfriend comes in, you know, he's like, oh, get back to bed, whatever. You know what I mean? It's like one of those little oh, scenes. Oh, yeah, because then, like, then they head off to Vegas for the weekend. Yeah, that's eventually going to come up, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I think what happens is Tina, while she's in bed and she's coming out of that, she notices, like, those claw marks that when he she got grabbed. By Freddy. Yeah, it left those marks on her nightgown. Mm-hmm. Um, and her mom makes note of it. She says, you either cut your nails or you stop that kind of dreaming. That's what she tells yeah. her, right? Because, I mean, like, <laughs> cut your nails, really. Mm-hmm. Anywho, so right after that scene, you get... You I, know, think I, were, didn't, I didn't even really make note of that. That's. I thought it was kind of interesting that, I'm you know, wondering if, like, I blacked out for a second or something. It happens, All right. man. Um, but right after that, this is where I put down, like, this is a scene or maybe, like, something in the in the franchise that you're probably familiar with so you see those kids those, uh, those girls outside girls. jumping rope and they're doing the one two freddy's coming for you know they're doing that whole like nursery rhyme day it's great shut the yeah door. yeah it's, um, it's great um but what's happening at this point is where you see all the gang basically yeah you see uh tina um she's telling nancy so this is the first time that you see uh heather Lagan camp and you also see glenn played by johnny depp Woo, yeah Johnny yeah exactly so it looks like they're getting you know like prepared or either they're on their way to school right um tina starts telling them both about her dream right nancy had a dream that i put down to because she mentions she had a dream the night before and she's like oh yeah that's well it, it goes down the hillside from the girls jumping rope yeah and she's like that's what it reminded me of was that that old jump rope song yeah it's pretty cool isn't it mm-hmm and then uh, let's see here what happens oh then uh, like after that little bit then you see Rod right the guy we talked about who uh, had a little bit of an addiction unbeknownst to me at the time uh, oh, I woke up with a heart on this morning had your name all over written it written all over it right Tina and what does Tina say do you remember what she says to him yeah my name uh, has four letters in four it four letters <laughs> how can you fit four letters on your joint <laughs> I was like yeah that's some 80s humor right there that was good uh, but then she winds up I think keep discussing, she keeps discussing the nightmare that, that happened the night before, right? After all of this rod sneaking up on her and all that nonsense, mm-hmm. right? So uh, anyhow, I think after that happens, um, we see a scene where it goes into, um, I think it's at Tina's house, right? She's she's having like a sleepover, apparently. Yeah, and Johnny's hanging out. Johnny's hanging out with him, and uh, he has apparently a scheme. My first thought was immediately, <clears throat> of course Johnny has both of the chicks. Of course he does. And he's got it's a mixtape. Yeah, it's Johnny Depp in a house. I'm surprised Rod isn't there, like, giving him a back massage. Well, it's there's Johnny a reason Depp. why he was outside creeping. Yeah. <laughs> he was it's like, Johnny Depp. I can't spoil this. <laughs> yeah, so long story short. I thought this was hilarious. I thought this was really funny. Johnny Depp is trying to convince his mom that he's staying at his cousin's Yeah, his cousin's place. house. He stays near an airport, his cousin, right? Mm-hmm. So he has, like, this, this uh, special, yeah, special effects sound tape. effects. Yeah, effects. And so he's he starts playing it with the sounds going in the background while he's calling his mom. Yeah. And they get increasingly worse with like a car accident and, and like you... screams of horror, like ah! And then you hear like gun violence, perhaps like yeah. planes like, overhead. No, like, no, no, it's good. I gotta go. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and the whole time that that's happening is like Tina and uh, Nancy. They're giggling. 
they think it's hilarious, right? They're and then stitches. they start trying to help, but it just makes it worse. Like that's when it starts getting to, like the explosions and shit. And, yeah, exactly. Well, I think it might have got to one of the explosions before they even hit anything. It, it, yeah, it, it turned off to be. It started off really well, but then it ended oh, it almost in disaster. But right. they pulled it off, right? Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp's the man. Um, so right after that episode, of, you know, of hilarity, then Tina starts to mention uh, the man had nails in her dream, right? And Nancy's like, oh, well, that reminds me. Like, he was wearing the dirty red and green sweater. Yeah. It was a and, similar dream. Yeah. And and even to make sure, Tina's kind of like, but what does that have to do with the claws? She's like, well, he had claws. That's what reminded me. Like, he was wearing a dirty red and green thing, and he had the claws. Like, Yeah, so they're, they're already putting some pieces together of what's going on, perhaps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Slightly. Eventually... The, the group, they hear, like, a noise coming from outside, and Johnny Depp makes mention of He's like, did you hear that? And so they wind up checking on the noise outside, right? And so Johnny Depp, being the gentleman that he is, he's uh, he's trying to confront whatever is outside, right? And he eventually is like, I think he even mentions there's, like, he starts to make noises for a cat, perhaps. Uh, he's like, I'm going to punch lights out yeah, or exactly. somebody. And he's like, meow? Yeah, exactly. Like- <laughs> exactly. So he transitions real fast, right? Yeah. Um long story short or you know he's like come here little kitty and then he just like makes some random noise or something yeah i mean he's being johnny depp he was he was method acting yeah. <laughs> but uh, anywho he rod, he, tackles, he, rod him. tackles him down right spooks him scares him all that nonsense dude rod's kind of a dick yeah oh yeah like johnny wasn't all too cool with it but rod immediately goes to like pulling a knife and intimidating him with it yeah and like the way like, he acts like with tina guy. like He's like borderline rapey with Tina. It's just yeah. that Tina's he's, into it. So he's like, aggro. He's super aggro, right? Yeah, you're like you, like she, she's definitely like giving consent. So you're yeah. not like not okay with it, but it's still like maybe he's, it's it's borderline. It's forced still. consent. Like it, yeah. I almost feel like you know, like uh, it would be super awkward had she denied maybe advances. Mm-hmm. But anyway, long story short, you're right. He she puts, even paused for a second. It would be awkward, but she yeah. she does seem into it honestly. she i think they had i'm not like, trying to i'm not trying to like make a case for him i think no, no, he's no. kind of a dickwad it it just honestly seems in the movie yeah it's weird that's man. not the uh yeah like she's honestly into him yeah he's just kind of a raging dickwad yeah he's a raging hormonic dickhead right here in this part but uh they had a small little dialogue about her mom like maybe being inside or sleeping or some shit mm-hmm. and he's like your mom's not home right <laughs> and he's and he mentions like well we're going to go in your mom's room. So they head upstairs, and by they, I mean Tina and uh, Rod, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when Johnny Depp starts to kind of make the moves on Nancy. And, and she's, she's like, not no, really we're not here it. for us now. Now we're here for Tina. Yeah, she puts well, the brakes Tina on Well, because Tina also it. didn't want them to leave, though. Yeah, because of, the whole point is because she had that nightmare. She needed somebody mm-hmm. to help spend the night, so that way she doesn't, you know, she feels comfortable and mm-hmm. maybe not feel like she's going crazy. I think we uh, we hear noises coming from upstairs because Johnny Depp's on Johnny the couch. Johnny Depp has to listen to them yeah. get it on, and he's just not having a good time of it. There's an interesting story about this. Um, I don't know if you read about this uh-uh. or not, but uh, Wes Craven, he put this in deliberately because he said uh, there was a time, I think maybe when he was in college, there, were, there was a similar incident that happened to him where he was on the couch and he had to hear some people in his front house Making yeah. love, so he, you know, he wanted to put that in there, so Make that's why love. he used that. Yeah, listen to him bang it out. <laughs> yeah, like because that's a little bit closer to what was going on. You know, I'm I'm trying to be uh, <laughs> gentlemanly, but yeah, I mean that's essentially what happens. But yeah, there's a reason he put that in the film. That was kind of cool. But uh, after they're up there, he likes to bang it out. 
I think they, um, I don't know, they're just kind of like, it, it seems like they're kind of making amends yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they make amends, they have a little bit of talks back and forth, and you find out that Rod had a nightmare too. Yeah, he does, he mentions it, doesn't he? And they kind of, they go to bed, and Tina wakes, but she doesn't wake, well, she wakes yeah, into a dream. He says like, Rod, Rod says, yeah, he this will help with no more nightmare or something like that mm-hmm. but you're right right before that though I thought it was kind of funny that there was there was something that Johnny Depp said right before that scene and he's like morality sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of funny that's right yeah he did I wanted to make mention of that but I thought that was kind of funny but you're right Nancy does wake up right she winds up like looking at a crucifix or something like that doesn't she mm-hmm. and then she goes to sleep Tina winds up getting awoken because they find, I guess eventually drift off after their little sesh well no so Tina wakes up but yeah, she, she wakes does. up in a dream, and like there's some noises. Yeah, like, she hears a rock. Some shit. Yeah, like a rock hits the window, mm-hmm. but the rock doesn't actually hit the window. No, like, it, she's it, already in the dream at this point. It cracks through the window, and that's mm-hmm. what freaks her out. We didn't go into it that much earlier. Yeah, but so it seems like Freddy, Freddy definitely feeds off fear. He does. The later entries in the series sort of go on, go a little bit deeper into the fact that like people have to know about him to have power and stuff. And exactly, and it makes sense, you know. At a certain point, he can kind of he can affect the real world. He can actually start affecting them, uh, and it sort of seems like the entire first part of this movie is him slowly having enough power to to rebuild in those parts of the myth. Yeah, it makes so sense. like the the first little bit is he like he's able to show himself just barely to right. Tina yeah. and starts to get her scared. Yeah, and so build that fear. Now that she gave him that fear, he has enough power so that those little girls are in the real world. Yeah. Now the crew has the Freddy uh, name yeah. in their heads. Yeah. Now she starts to so get right. a it's, little it's bit building, more scared. It's built into the mythos mm-hmm. of this character. Yeah, it makes sense. It's a good point. And then they all start putting together these different parts of what makes Freddy Freddy. Like when they bring up the red and green, and then the fingers for hands, and they start putting yeah, together building, Freddy. They're building him mm-hmm. piece by piece. That's pretty cool. It's an interesting way that he was Craven did that. You know, like I said, piecing this character together throughout the film through other characters. Really cool. Yeah. So after she gets spooked, but it also is, seems uh, like he can't affect them until not, they're a certain level. Yeah, of being exactly. Scared. He's got to reel them in a certain amount, right? So this first bit of screwing with her is making her think the window gets fucked with. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like I said, that that really does it. Builds that tension, that anxiety inside of her. I think it cues over to uh, this Nancy, is a really cool scene. Yeah. So Nancy's asleep, and I love this bit. Yeah, because it, it seems like the ceiling above her or the wall, the wall yeah. behind her stretches with the form of a face yeah. and these hands these outstretched. Hands stretched. Yeah. And then eventually recede. Back into the wall, right? Yeah. And she wakes up out of that. I think... This and she, she finds that she was holding onto the crucifix. Yeah, she winds up putting it on the wall. And she puts it back on the wall. It was the crucifix that w- earlier on when Tina got scared from her earlier dream right, had grabbed off her wall. Oh, yeah. And yeah. had apparently left in her bed and instinctively uh, Nancy grabbed it while having the dream and then ended up putting it back. Yeah, so that played a, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a little significance in terms of its, you know, what it, what it can do to him. Well, what is it? It's five, six, grab yeah. your crucifix. Exactly. So, like I said, it has, there are details to why that's, you know, uh, a plot figure 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyhow, she does put the, the crucifix back on the wall. And then when this happens, it cues back to Tina. She actually goes outside. She keeps hearing those whispers of Tina resuming, right? Yeah, I, I wrote kind of she, leading her she on. gets lured all the way down to this alley. Yeah. And she's by this point, too, she keeps getting scared, more and more scared. Yes. And this is where you get one of the first, what mm-hmm. I think of as like these these really well-known Freddy moments. I agree. It's, it's one of the first ones I always think of. Yeah, because it is, it's... Uh, and looking back on it, it's one of the worst-looking parts. Yeah, and it's I like funny. some of the other parts a lot better now. Right, right, right. But it's one of the first things I always think of, and Freddy walking down the alley at her those, and stretching out his arms. Elongated until, arms. <laughs> until they're scratching on both ends with the sparks flying out and shit. It's yeah. fucking... It's this, scary. This is actually one of the, the first catchphrases I wrote that he that he says. You remember what he says or did you uh, I don't think I wrote it down. Actually. Yeah, so as he's doing that, you know, he's coming down I guess that alley where she's at, and uh she's like, Oh my god, or she says something that's oh, that yeah, effect. And he, he goes, says, This is God. This is God. Yeah. It's like yes. That's once he brings his arms back in though, because yep. I think he mentioned something towards his face or Yeah, and then uh, I I want to putting down like a, a chase, you know. Pretty much at this point, it happens. He starts to chase her, and she winds up. Um, well, no, this... he actually, he shows her something first. He's like, "Hey, watch this!" And this oh, is when right. he lops his. I think his like his pinky and his his ring finger off. Well, that's the thing. Like the the later entries, he's more about making jokes and making it yes. funny. This one, he's not making jokes. He's no. just trying to scare you. So he's yes. like, "Look, I'm cutting off my own fucking fingers because I'm." fucking psycho yeah and and like so he is trying to build that me like i'm a dream creature i'm coming at you anyway (laughs) you're right that builds that at a point there 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 is a a fine line between like civilian having panic and anxiety then having straight just terror you know being Mm -hmm. terrified i think that's what he's trying to do get her to that point but you're right he lops off those fingers somehow i think she winds up wrestling with him on the the he like tackles her and she ripped right reaches up and manages like rip off his face oh that's yeah exactly what happens his his face melts off yeah and it's just a skull and that just scares her even more yeah so as this is happening rod wakes up out of his his slumber and and he he notices like there's a wrestling going on with tina underneath the covers Right? He's yeah. like, what the hell is going and he's on? He's like, what the fuck? And he gets up off the bed. Yeah. And this part, I thought was fucking, it's fucking terrifying. Yes, it is. Because as she gets more and more scared and is wrestling with Freddy, yeah. it starts to actually affect her. So yes, she it does. gets really fucked up across the chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she eventually gets clawed, right? Lifted up into the air. She starts like spinning. tussled about. Yeah. And it's really awesome looking. It's really slammed well up against the ceiling yeah. while she's just. It looks like she's just getting beat, but you can't see what's doing it. Yeah, she's just acting her fucking heart out. It's she does a great job. Like you this is the parts credit. where they do awesome jobs. It's not the parts where they're actually talking to each other. Yeah, that's not the best uh, in the film. I agree. But this kind of acting, like you said here, great Top job. Notch. Yeah, top notch. Um, but during, like I said, during that whole tussle she's having with Freddie, knocks. Yeah, she knocks Rod, Rod against the, like the 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 wall, and he's like petrified in the corner, and he just keeps kind of like whispering, "Tina, Tina." And she eventually gets sort of dragged to the middle of the ceiling, yeah, and then slammed back down oh, into man. the bed. Gory, so gory too, like yeah. the bed covers. Well, and stuff. I wrote, I wrote that it seems to be implied that in in that last moment, that mm-hmm. actual death part. You don't see anything. No, no, not necessarily. But when she hits the the bed, mm-hmm. there's kind of like an like a puff of blood 
that's more than what yep. she had bled into the blood bed yeah. before she was ripped out away from it. Oh, it definitely And, and I feel like it's implied that, like, in that last moment, Freddy was able to inflict more damage to her. But sense. you don't get to see it. No, no, no. But it would still make sense. Um, it kind of reminded me almost like an anime where, like, you get, like, the, the really quick, like, sword one-hit kill yeah. where you don't see anything till like, two seconds later there's just, like, an explosion of blood. Yeah. You're, like, exactly. Is that, like, anticipation? Like, all right. But then you go, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, he gets splattered a little bit, doesn't he? Oh, um, yeah. This wakes up Nancy out of her sleep. And uh, eventually she and Glenn kind of meet right outside the door, right? Mm-hmm. And they hear, uh, it sounds like Rod's inside maybe yelling at somebody. Kinda, oh, maybe yeah. even chasing somebody, perhaps. But when they and but then when they eventually get in, it's oh, just a fucking... It's carnage. It's a horror show. See, and yeah. Rod's gone. He went out the window. Yeah, you see the windows open. Exactly. So it's hard to imply exactly what maybe they had seen or heard or it's too quick really um so right right after this this is where we we first see um lieutenant thompson john saxon right there's a cop catching him up to speed on what's going on with tina like her death what happens and it's apparently rod the boyfriend is a suspect he's a bad news Mm -hmm. right well he's on the run he was the one in the room he was locked from the inside he has previous charges of like yeah so when when you stack up the cards for this guy it doesn't look good at all right so he he's suspect number one He's uh he's in the local music scene, so he's one of those rock and roll boys. We can't trust that. We can't trust that, man. So it, it winds up going uh, into the precinct, right? At this part, it's it's Tina and I'm not Tina. Excuse well, me, Nancy and her mom. He he's a sharp tack because yes, he he's is. like, you got to explain to me what she was doing there. He's like, well, he lives there. No, not her. Her. And he opens up the door, and yeah. he already knows his daughter is in there. Oh yes, that's a good point. He already knows his daughter. <laughs> yeah, I was over there. And uh, it's funny, he kind of snaps at the mind, too. He's like, hey, Marge. Oh. <laughs> you know, some shit like that. So He's real snappy at her. <laughs> Coming up in just a second, there's a line that I made notes, and I ended up rewinding and playing it about ten times in a row and just started <laughs> laughing harder and harder each time. Uh, we'll get to it in just a second. They both deliver just the most ridiculous lines in the scene. Like I said... The interactions between people in this movie are not good. It's, it's everything else that's good. It's interesting to know because one of the actresses, which I'll mention a lot later on, felt like this was her best performance in the series. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you who it is later. <sighs> okay. Uh, but uh, he he comes in and he's just like... He wants a- that, that psycho lane. He's like, he's not crazy or something like that. He's like, do you have any sane explanation for what he did? Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what you're doing there all shacked up for the night, all you teenagers yeah. and shit. He's like, yeah, and something she's, about... She's emotional. And what they say? I mean, uh, she, we're talking about Nancy, right? She's Na- all yeah, distraught. Nancy. <laughs> and then, then they mention that uh, Rod and... Tina had gotten they were into a like fight. In little yeah little arguments right and then she was like it wasn't that big of a deal they didn't have <laughs> this is what you want to talk about yeah all right all right I'll let you say it because I didn't write it yeah. down I'm just kind of had li- or you know paraphrasing yeah well they're like there was a there was a fight and Nancy says well it wasn't that serious and Marge right replies mom, yeah. completely deadpan maybe you don't think murder is serious <laughs> exactly I'm like what and I lost it. And I rewound it and played it ten times and just kept laughing because her delivery, she, just 
maybe you don't think murder is serious. <laughs> yeah, it is funny because... And Nancy's just flabbergasted. She's like, no, the... you No. <laughs> yeah. The argument wasn't serious. Exactly. Like, where was mom at? But we... we I, you know, which I think... Well, because it, it's not just... It's completely matter of fact, too. Yes. Just, and the expression uh, on her face... This, this is... I'm just going to throw it out here. This is just my own little personal take on it. I think... Her that her saying that line, whether she knew it or not, maybe it was subconscious. But based on her character, it makes sense why she said it that way because she is super loopy. We find out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm now willing to bet. I mean, this is the spoiler section. Yeah. So I'm now willing to bet that she was drunk. In that's, that what room. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. She might have been out of character and just snapped. <laughs> So what was I she? Don't know. So it was rum, right? Like that's kind of what I was yeah, looking at. Yeah, I think at. so. It's either rum or vodka, one of the two. But yeah. I think you're right. I think it might be rum. She she yeah. had she had a taste. She was a rummy <laughs> for the finer life. Whew. She drinks a lot. Yes, of she rum does. In she's movie. she's um she's not a stranger. Let's put it that way. She gets her fill. Um, but yeah, you're that is that is funny. That that's what she said. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not doing it justice. <laughs> but but no, it's, it's completely deadpan. It's worth and watching. Completely it, matter of fact, especially with the expression on her face and the way that it's taken by everybody in the room. Like they're not taking it like she's making some really off color joke. She's really like, I know. Do do you not get this? Like somebody, somebody died. Yeah. This is no laughing matter. Young lady. That's it. It's funny. Uh, Anyway, Nancy ends up bringing up the Tina dreamt this was going to happen. It starts catching the, the adult's ear, but that's, that's it. it. Just, just minor, a bit minor but that's the whole reason they were over there in the first place because tina needed some people mm-hmm. to help her you know get her through those those nightmares or those episodes she was having so it kind of cues right after that scene in the precinct we get a cue of mom uh, T- uh nancy's mom watching a news report about actual tina's murder from the night before and they start making mention of uh rod mm-hmm. in that little news uh clip and then you see nancy come down the stairs or maybe enter the room and then she cuts off the tv right uh nancy starts to get ready for school and her mom makes mention. she's like uh she's like how are you doing yeah did did you get any sleep last night she's like i can't stay home because i'll go crazy here yeah she's like i I just want to go get my mind off it yeah so school's gonna help her get a run and she mentions that like she'll get sleep in uh study hall or something Mm -hmm. like that right so any plan yeah yeah exactly that's exactly what she needs um, so as Nancy's walking off to school from her house, right, Dude, we see I, this this really short clip. Up. I couldn't have slept in my study I, hall. I couldn't make. Hold on, right before that though, she's like, so she's out before she even gets into class. She's walking down the street, and this is interesting because I, oh, I don't know what it is. Never mind. It makes sense here in just a minute. Walk. But as she's walking down the street, do you see like a man in a suit just kind of off by a tree staring at her? Yeah, that was kind of weird. That was almost like man in blackish. Yeah, and that's why I put just put man in suit watches Nancy walk to school. She looks back and he disappears. Then as that happens, Rod grabs her and brings her into these bushes and you know, he's co- he's covering her mouth and he's like, you know, so I want to mention I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to hurt you before yeah. we're too far off it cuz this just made me think and I, I didn't think about it until we just said the words one more time. Yeah, no, okay. Back okay. here. Not first off, my study hall would have been like fifteen kids. There's no way I was gonna fall asleep and get away with it. And we couldn't have done that shit. My, my teacher would not have allowed that shit. No, sleeping first wasn't off, a, second off, because I'm from a small enough town that my my study hall, my homeroom teacher, 
was also the town mayor. Oh, jeez. As if you mean. So the mayor wasn't going to let that shit fly. <laughs> not on his watch or her watch. No. no, 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 he was not. So anyway, that was just a little weird little anecdote. But <laughs> That's funny, man. No, you know, I, that's funny that you mentioned it because if this was her study hall coming up, I, I don't know. I don't understand. But the the whole point of, like I said, that episode that she has with Rod is he's trying to tell her what happened uh, that night, right? And as um, as he's kind of going off into telling her his story, Lieutenant Thompson shows up, which is Nancy's dad. He draws his gun, and he's basically telling him, all right, punk, you know. That is, got you now. Yeah. And Nancy puts it together. She's like, you were just watching me the yeah. whole day. So dad used Nancy to get to Rod is what, what was going on. That's, that's like, it doesn't make sense at first, but that's what that guy in the suit mm-hmm. was. He was just uh, watching tail. her. Yep, exactly. They just didn't have to go It It doesn't make sense at first, but now I was thinking, I was like, okay, I, maybe I, I know sh- why. Maybe if she would have went further to school and he had been watching her the entire time and then that yeah. happened, it would have sank in more. Exactly. But it's literally like a block, within a block of her house, she gets abducted by Rod. Yeah, I mean, well, that was quick. Yeah. You're right. But the, as that, that scene is... Well, I do love that it's Lieutenant kind of Thompson, too, was just like, what the hell are you doing going to school? Yeah, I know. I was like, what are you thinking? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it is kind of funny, some of the, the like said, the commentary on this film, mm-hmm. uh, the dialogue. But uh, Rod, actually, he like he kind of bails, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see all she those... She gets cop- in his way, because Thompson trains yeah, his gun no, you're on right. him. Yeah, you're right, you're right. She's like, she's like, stop, Daddy, stop, mm-hmm. stop. He didn't do it, or some something of that nature, right? And that's when he flees, and then but he then gets he surrounded gets, by a bunch yeah, of cops. He gets surrounded anyway, and he like, he surrenders essentially, right? And, and he kind of carries on a little she, bit. She she's mad at Dad and goes off to school. Yeah, she does get pissed off, but she does. She keeps going back to school. Um, so she, this is where it's we a get to up see. Day to go to school. After. I know, Jesus. You just one of the dudes just involved, the main guy that you're looking for. Just you just got involved in his apprehension. Yeah, <laughs> and then you just skip off to school like whatever, no big deal. Do you have a Shakespeare lesson going on? Yes, um, which is interesting because I I did have to rewind these scenes a couple times because of what is mentioned. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay attention, you'll miss kind of some I think some interesting stuff that he puts in here. So um, you're right. She I put the teacher, which is played by Lynn Shay, which we mentioned earlier. Yep. Um, she's rambling on in class, but the thing she's rambling on about, I believe is i think like a, the line between fiction and reality you know what mm-hmm. i mean she kind of makes note of that and then she talks about shakespeare and julius caesar in this regard right so she brings up a, a kid and he starts to recite some uh yeah, some quotes from, from from caesar right from julius caesar and the quote is essentially about bad dreams like it talks about i can't remember exactly no i know what it was it is kind of like a precursor to Rome when Julius Caesar was a babe. Like it mentions that he w- there was an error, like mm-hmm. he was a mistake, Julius Caesar. Um, but it, somehow it leads into bad dreams. I can't remember exactly. Okay. What? It, but it's, it's it's pretty interesting given the. You don't get to hear the end of it anyway because no. Nancy drifts off. She she does. She only she drifts off in the back of the classroom, and when she kind of comes up. She sees Tina in that body bag, that clear plastic well, body bag. And she comes up and she's still in the classroom, except you can't hear anything. No. And she looks over and there's, yeah, like you said, Tina in a clear body bag, That's which weird. is pretty fucked up. She calls over to Nancy, doesn't she? She's like, yeah. And then she looks away for a second and looks back, and there's just a oh. pool of blood. And that's when she starts following down the hallway. You know, can I mention this real quick? Yeah. I know what that kid said when she came to. That kid who was reciting, because at first he was just making mention of like he was just going through the motions, but then he's he, he's like he says, "Oh God, if I were like uh, a casing of a of a nutshell or something like that," 
he says I could be the king of this realm, or like this, um, almost like this sub, sub supernatural world. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, but you know, were it not for bad dreams, it was something interesting because it, it, oh, okay. it makes sense about Freddy when you think about it. that whole. I think that whole scene was a precursor to what Freddy his whole thing was about about bad dreams and him being the king of that realm. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so like I said, that's why if you don't pay attention to that, it's really interesting because that kid who's reciting it, his whole demeanor changes when she gets into that dream state and she starts to follow Tina into the hallway. So I just wanted to mention yeah. that real quick, but I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. That was a good call. Um, yeah, but you do. You see her, well, Tina, she goes out in the hall dragged in the hallway. She, yeah, well, <laughs> she looks wild. back over and there's the body bag again. Yeah. And she sort of lays down and... And gets dragged by an invisible force, and that's pretty fucked up looking. Yeah, too. it was gnarly because it leaves that blood trail. And as Nancy goes to follow, she's running down the hall. Yeah. And runs into a girl wearing the red and green sweater. Yeah, that's really cool. And is a it's like a hall monitor. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. And she gets up and runs off. She yells back and is like, "No running!" And looks back and she's wearing the claws. Do you know what shit. she says before that though? Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of funny that she says this. And when I say, she, "Oh Nancy, shit!" It was, yeah, Nancy says, she's "Like, where's your hall pass?" She's like, "Screw your pass!" Yeah, and keeps running. <laughs> that's what. Yeah, that's. And then she starts heading out. downstairs and basically ends up in Freddy's boiler room again. Yeah. So that's somehow that that whole scene, that boiler room plays an important part we're about to find out maybe future 10 i mean who knows freddy does another weird self-mutilation lifts up his shirt and slices kind of close to his nipple yeah. and like maggots and shit fall out exactly so he's, he's kind of same thing trying to see if if, if she can feed off that fear mm-hmm. you know just trying to break her some more basically. yeah exactly yeah. it's pretty cool uh, and so far, this method has been working for him, so I, I figure that's what he's going for. I also like, mentioned this again. The synth music starts up again once they mm-hmm. have that little chase in the boiler room. Uh, they have a little chase. She ends up cornered, yep. and as he's getting at her, she ends up slamming her arm onto a like hot a steam pipe, pipe, yeah, to burn it to wake herself up. And she does. But when what... she wakes up, she <laughs> freaks the. Well, she's waking up out of a nightmare. So. Yeah, in class, she's thrashing. Oh, right, she freaks. She. Cements herself as a scream queen for that moment alone oh, in man. my books. And that's like, a, that's a, you know, to her credit, that's she does a great job. Yeah. She does a really great especially job. Especially in that moment, right? Yeah. Now, just destroys. Yeah. I, I like, so that's, kudos to her because that's, she does, she kills it. No no pun intended, but she does a great job. And she ends up leaving school. Yeah. And, and there, has a it, breakdown outside Even the teacher's the like, too. you're going to need a hall pass or something like yeah. that. <laughs> She's like that. But oh she does, she just walks out of out of yeah, class the teacher too just really didn't know what to do like no. um yeah. she's like then she's like I'll call your mother or something mm-hmm. like that yeah but the whole point of that scene is Nancy's walking off she's going back home and as she's walking uh, out of school yeah so this is like right right after Nancy comes out of the class I think she like says she she notices that burn mark on her mm-hmm. arm from you know from her dream so maybe she's piecing some things together about you know this is not necessarily a dream either way yeah she breaks down outside the class and ends up deciding to go visit rod down at the cop shop yes he he sort of finally gets to tell her the rest of his story i guess yeah he starts to explain what happened to tina that uh, and how like the cuts all happened at once and he didn't get to see the guy because yep. he was apparently invisible um and then he admits that he had dreams, too, about a guy who had knives for fingers. Exactly. And so she starts being like, oh, fuck. Something, like there's something's bad. three of us now who have had the same recurring theme of a nightmare. Yeah. Then you get another one of the bits of uh, iconic 
Freddy imagery yes. with Nancy in the tub. Yes, and she's sort of starting to zone off. She is. She's definitely zoning out. Uh, so this and is the, like right after she visits Rod, right? Mm-hmm. And she's at home in the tub. And the hand coming up. Yeah. So she's of, she's uh, reciting the nursery rhyme, and that's what lures her mm-hmm. to sleep. And yeah, so you see the the hand, like is said, the claw coming up out of the water. So I, I want to. This is a little bit interesting point yeah. to touch on. Like one of the recurring things in slasher, uh, the slasher genre as a whole, really. Mm-hmm. We we talked about in Halloween how it doesn't really apply that much to the characters that were. Uh, either promiscuous or druggies or whatever got punished for it. Right. Uh, but it has that reputation for setting it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely followed quite a bit in Jason, or Friday the 13th, because he specifically targets those kinds of campers because they were the ones not paying attention when he drowned. Yeah, and that, and that makes perfect sense. Freddy... He wasn't originally supposed to be just a f- child killer. He was supposed to be a child molester. Exactly. But Wes Craven didn't want to make it appear like he was trying to cash in. On, like a there was like on. there was a, a chain of very high profile child molestation cases in the area that had happened recently. Yeah. So he, you're right. I did read about that where he didn't want to feed off of that phenomenon that was happening around that time. Uh, but he was already too far in to do too much, as far as I know. Right. And he, he still wanted it to be like children and stuff, because that was like yeah. the, the type of evil he was trying to set well, up. Well, <clears throat> to uh, the credit, much later, they kind of expound a little bit more on that with uh, the remake, right? About the uh, latter aspects of what, it, what his character is about. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? Oh, this is a scene where the claw comes up out of the, the Oh, tub. right. So... This is another series where, I mean, they point out that it's kind of, so the first, the first person that died was Tina. Right. Who got it on. Yeah, with Rod. Who ends up dying. I mean, the, the only person that lives is a person who didn't get it on throughout the course well, of the yeah, movie. Well, yeah, we had mentioned that as well, um, which is interesting because I want to talk about... Or at least one of the only teenagers Yeah, so I want to talk about I mean, about a lot of people person. live in this movie. Yeah, that's a good point. But, like, this is one of the scenes that people sort of point to, like, imagery-wise. Like, yeah. it's still kind of about, uh, like, sexuality and stuff a little bit. No, it, his it hand is very, is coming very, up. very... Uh, basically out of her crotch yeah while she's in the tub it's not like mm-hmm. she has um you know swimming gear on while and she's essentially the if he were to claw her from this position he would be imitating our president yeah exactly exactly but with uh, i don't know steak knife fingers yeah instead of uh tiny hands <laughs> take your pick <laughs> you know i'll go with steak knife fingers i know right yeah no offense no offense <laughs> no offense to tiny hands but you know <laughs> anyway yeah but uh no i i didn't mark this down as like being a scene and they even use not the lower part of that scene but the upper part of the scene where she's you know in the tub mm-hmm. and you see you know like you, you know yeah exactly so you know what's going on in the scene if you're familiar with it but it's, it is a very um important scene that's like i said that sticks with the film you mm-hmm. know 
Um, but yeah, it's very sexualized, man. No doubt about it. Uh, but then mom ends up sort of interrupting her yep. and warning her about falling asleep and drowning in the tub. It fucking happens all the time. Yeah, she does make mention of that. Like she's she goes on some tangent about how many deaths happen per year or some mm-hmm. shit like that. So of course she slips off again, and this time she has a the, struggle. The endless tub. Freddie yeah. pulls her down and starts drowning her. Yes, and there are you know, like I said, mild scenes of side boob. Yeah. And she's raising up above the surface and calling for help. Yeah, the whole, the whole point of that scene, like I said, is she, she went off into dreamland and she's having that, like I said, that under, under tub scene. That's pretty gnarly, man. That was a pretty cool scene where she's struggling with Freddy. But eventually her mom starts hearing that commotion because she's screaming out and her mom breaks into it. But she'd um, already pretty much freed herself by that yep. time. Mom doesn't see anything weird or she, You know what she tells her mom? You remember what she says? I slipped. Yeah, I slipped coming out of the tub. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry I freaked out for a second, but I slipped and I'm okay. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> like all right. That's why you were thrashing around like that. Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, so she, I think she winds up like locking the door again behind herself or some shit. Anyhow, the whole She point looks in the that... medicine cabinet and she finds... Fast acting, stay fast acting, stay away. Yeah, so she's uh, she might be getting herself onto some speed, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she's about to just get on all the the over the counter. Here's here's something speed. that's cool right after the scene, like um, what she winds up watching on her bed. Exactly, and this actually ties into something that I forgot to bring up the first time we hit West Craven. Hey, you know it's okay because we're revisiting it. So, yeah. The next scene, we see them watching a movie. Yes, there's a movie being played while Nancy's on her bed, kind of that movie nodding off. Is Evil Dead? Yes. Now this ties both back to something we've done already and forward into other things that came after. Back into things we've done already is Wes Craven has already sort of jokingly shouted out shit in his movies. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. In The Hills Have Eyes, there's a scene in the background with a Jaws poster. And what he was jokingly doing was going, hey, Jaws was was the new horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaws is a horror movie. It's kind of a creature feature, I would say. I would absolutely agree with you. That also spawned the summer blockbuster, so it was huge on people's minds. And Wes kind of went, that was the real horror, but now... You have Hills Have Eyes, and that's just something in the background. Yeah. This is where it's really at now. Makes sense. That so went on to <laughs> Sam Raimi jokingly throwing it at Wes in... God, how does it go? Is it in Evil Dead? Yeah, I think that, it's in the second one where eventually you get to see the uh, the uh, the claw in the shed? No, it? in the first Evil Dead, though, right. I think there's a Hills Have Eyes oh, poster. Oh, 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 yeah. To I, I throw it back at yeah. Wes Craven a little bit, because yeah. he, he saw him do that, and he's like, ah, now this is the real horror. Yeah. And Wes sort of throws it back at him a little bit, throwing Evil Dead in the background. Yeah, while, this. while Nancy is watching. And like you said, game. we're about to say, eventually yeah. Evil Dead 2 in the background... <clears throat> There's a scene where you get Freddy's um, gloved hand. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, man. Because they do play around with it. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, he also does a, an homage to... Uh, it'll be later on. I'll mention it later on. But another character we cover, too. 
Just recently. Yes, uh, that's true. I'll that's reserve it. Up I'll pretty, slip my pretty tongue there, but yeah, we'll mention it here in a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was pretty neat. Well, I think <clears throat> later on, all of those objects end up in a storage locker in either Freddy vs. Jason or oh. Jason X. Would that be like an Easter egg in that movie? Something <laughs> like that? Movies. I can't remember for sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I know weird. that most of them all show up together somewhere. That's pretty cool. I'll have and to look into like that. we said, they do end up crossing over with Ash in the comics. Yeah. So, so. that sort of fits still. Hey, it's, you know, and it's, it's interesting because there are some shout-outs to certain people uh, at the end of the, in the film credits we'll mm-hmm. talk about. But yeah, that's pretty cool. So uh, <laughs> going from, like I said, Nancy watching Evil Dead, she... Uh, she finally hears. I think Glenn sneaks up into her room. He like climbs up. He cries into, up, climbs up the rose trellis. Yeah, he does. Like I said, he sneaks in, and they wind up. Uh, well, she winds up trying to get him to agree to be a guard for her, right? While she searches for this guy. I got in a her crazy sleep. favor to ask you. Yeah, you just have to sort of stand guard, okay? And like, it's funny what he says to her too. Some of the stuff he says mm-hmm. back there. He says, "Yeah, but anywho, yeah." Her, her whole point is, she wants uh, she wants him to to watch her while she's sleeping. You know, just in case. Well, she she's like, okay, so listen to this, and like turns off the lights, and she's like, and it's and he says something. What does he say? Did you ever know? <sighs> Man, I wish I would have wrote some of the stuff he said to her. Um, and he's like, oh, that's more like it, or something like. He's like, or it's dark now. Yeah. She's like, and it's not what you're thinking. Yeah, that's what she says to. Him. As, I thought it was as pretty the funny. Scene fades out. Yeah. Then she's out on the street, and she's walking down, and she yells back. She's like, hey, Glenn, you still there? And he's like, yeah, what? And like peeks out from behind a fucking bush. He's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, just making sure. And she she heads to the police station. Yeah, she wants up the precinct. She she's looking in one of the windows and sees Freddy. Yeah, he he walks through like some of the cell cages. Right? And the he doors, walks right? through the bars into Rod's cell. I put down like as that's happening, the, uh, Tina appears again, and then she like doesn't she like oh. spit out like a millipede or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was. Her a, mouth? I thought it was like one of the weirder, creepier parts of the movie. Yeah. So. How's it go? So Nancy is sort of like trying to like bang on the 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 bars. Yeah, she's trying to get like, Rod's wait. attention because mm-hmm. Freddy's appearing, right? And she looks over, and like you said, there's Tina in the yep. body bag, and she's kind of like half out of the body bag. Yep, exactly. And a giant fucking centipede crawls out her mouth, and then they show her feet, and there's like mud covered eels writhing around her feet. Yeah, so like she she turns into a clump of like said insects and just what what have you. As it's happening, um, oh yeah, Freddy chases Nancy back to her home. Like he comes out and starts to chase her. She uh, she winds and, up going back to her bedroom. Well, so what happens is she gets to the house and she goes in, and as she's running up the stairs, they all start sort of like turning into pudding. And I think it was either pancake batter or cake batter or something like that. As she's running up the stairs, and Freddy sort of busts open the door a little bit, mm-hmm. and as he looks in. This is the reference. He's wearing the shape mask. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? As she's getting up the stairs. Yeah. And he ends up ripping it off. And she gets up the stairs into her room. But that's when he busts through the fucking mirror. Yeah, that's pretty wild, isn't it? Which I was also like, Phantasm? You know, what was interesting about that, and this is what I read. I, I I don't believe this to be true, but... It was noted that this is perhaps the first film that we use a breakaway mirror. Okay. And I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah. I'd have to research that because I don't know. I think, I think maybe there's another film we've already done that may have done it before it. But I'm not sure. Uh, 
But, I mean, Freddy has the upper hand on her. And he's yeah. kind of about to start going to town, but the alarm goes off. And it wakes her up, and she goes off on Glenn. <clears throat> yeah, she confronts Glenn for falling asleep. She's like, you asshole. You had one thing to do, and you blew it, <laughs> basically. Yeah. What I do is you shit the bed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she goes off on him. Um, but well then, deserved, too. Yeah, no, no, exactly. He was... He paid her no mind. Like, he wasn't having those dreams, apparently. But based on all this, they still end up going down to the station based on the dream. Yeah, She exactly. kind of causes a fuss, like, look, we gotta go talk, we got, you guys gotta go fucking check on Rod. Go well, check on her, Rod. doesn't her mom, like, break up that little squabble they're having? She and oh, her? that's right, because and she then he, heard he her. he runs out and, like, hides mm-hmm. back out on that little ledge. But she still ends up getting down to the station. But you're right, right. They eventually get down. To, they they ask to see Rod. I think that's when we see that. Sergeant Garcia, whatever that guy is that mm-hmm. gave his credit, Joe Unger. And then you see that her dad's there. Yes, and he confronts, I put, he confronts a couple, and when I put a couple, I meant Glenn and Nancy, right? He confronts them. Um, they're like, you know, you need to check on Rod. And you end up start seeing cutaways, and at first it looks like Rod gets some fucking morning wood for a second, yeah. but then it keeps twirling up. And the bed sheet starts strangling him. Exactly, he's wrapping around. And his right neck. about the same time that they decide to go check on him, they're like, "All right." It strangles the fuck out of him, pulls him up out of up, his bed, yeah, out his of his bed, in. like across the cell. And I mean, the, the the thing is, is they do the police handle this kind of smartly because they sort of realize that something weird's going on. They have yeah, an they investigation do. They going do. on because they're like, "This definitely wasn't a suicide." Because of the way that the blanket was and shit. He couldn't have done this himself. Right. And, and the way that they, like I said, too, the way they handled him, mm-hmm. you know, lowering him and then checking on his vitals and all that stuff. Let's put it this way. When they checked on him after that, he uh, he's dead. So Rod didn't make it, man, unfortunately. So there goes our, our perp, right? Mm-hmm. Our number one suspect. Then you have the funeral. Yes. Sadly. Yeah, it's pretty sad. And at the end... Nancy's kind of confronted by her parents a little bit, I would mm-hmm. say. Uh, yeah. I don't know if confronted's quite the right word. But. Uh, I, basically, what I put down is that she, she winds up telling her dad that the, the killer's still out there. Yeah. Well, she winds up describing Freddy Krueger. I was about to say, the funny thing is, like, I don't know who he is, but then she, she starts to describes them basically down to a T. Yeah. And it obviously <laughs> kind of freaks them both out. Yeah. So, what, what did they come to the conclusion? Or at least her mom. Mm-hmm. She needs to seek medical help. So now you're at the Institute for Sleep Disorders. Yeah, and she's hooked up to all like, these little sensors, like all over her face and maybe some of her parts of her body. But I put down like this was probably a, a sleep analysis center of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is where we get to see Dr. King. This is the guy I was talking about, Charles Fleischer, who does the voice of Roger Rabbit. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, and he's also, like I said, he was also in Back to the Future, etc. But anyhow, he's explaining to uh, Nancy's mom... Uh, about Nancy and like her dreams and maybe like what some of the readings are about, and she's just like I I don't see why you couldn't just give me a drug to make it so I don't dream. Yeah, it's like look you, you know you, you have to dream or else you go crazy. What's interesting about that is she when she mentions that there's a particular drug that they mention throughout the the franchise that has to do with that about not going to sleep 
I'll mention what that is in a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's interesting that you mentioned that. Nancy starts to enter. I put the REM sleep, REM sleep, right? Um, the readings start to go off the charts. Yeah, he's like, I've never sleeping. seen these numbers before. Yeah, he says something like, like you're in a nightmare around five or six. Didn't he say something mm-hmm. like that? And she was starting to read around two or three. Well, and he never actually says a number after that. And you no. can kind of look at the screen, but it's never quite clear what number he was even referencing when he was saying what she was at before. Yeah, I did. I, did, I was paying attention to like some of the monitors, and you see like a rows of numbers. And you start seeing like a, a, a row that go like two, then it went to three. Then went to, like, his number five or six, and they started going, 20, 10, 20, 30, 40, mm-hmm. 50. He's like, I've never seen numbers this side before. I don't know what's going on. And they they run in here, in there, and manage to wake her up. Yeah, yeah. They She's get got scratches. Slashes And fucking pulls Freddy's boom. fucking hat. Got his hat out of her dream. Like, okay. hold on. Hold on. What? So you think now. <laughs> what? You would think now. He's described Freddy down to a T. She keeps saying that going to sleep is fatal. Yeah, exactly. The only time these people have died has been when they've fallen asleep. She's went to sleep in a controlled study room. Yeah. Woke up with scratches and a hat that materialized out of nowhere. Yeah, she didn't go in there with that hat. And all of the adults are still in denial when they even know who Freddy was. Yes, which will come up, as a matter of fact, which is funny, but... uh... I thought that was interesting too. Like you said, she she winds up with those slashes and Freddy Krueger's hat in her sleep. Um, mom, worst of all. Yeah, mom's man. fucking terrible. Yeah, mom. It's it's weird um, <laughs> when you think about her her character in this film and knowing the fact that she won a best supporting actress. Well, so and the thing is, the next scene is those two having a confrontation in the kitchen. Yes, and Nancy's basically calling mom out on all of her shit. Breaks her fucking rum bottle. I'm gonna call it rum. It looked kind of like Malibu rum. Yeah, I don't her, think her was, mom but... is initially on the phone with dad about the hat that mm-hmm. Nancy found on the sleeve, and that's when she does confront her mom about. Here's his name. It's got like Freddy Krueger in it, right? Oh yeah. Uh, is that the part where she's like, look, it even? Yeah, that's right. Right. She's like, it even has his fucking name in it, Freddy or Fred Krueger. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the mom. Mom tells her that no, Freddy's dead, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, her mom calls it's her crazy. It's just a nightmare. Yeah, I think her mom calls... Then she's like, you're, you're acting crazy or you're being crazy. Some, she runs off. Yeah, she no, meets she up with slapped, John. doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Her mom slaps her. I heard... I read a little bit Fuck that during some of those takes that, like, actually one of the slaps did happen. Like, Heather... Was that the one they Heather used? Leggenkamp? No. Oh, they, okay. she, she tried to confirm that, you know, that she did get slapped during that, that filming. But the, the take they chose, if you look at it, it there's no contact. Oh, okay. um, so whatever because I know a lot of those times that some that's the well one there is one we using. saw and found like yeah <laughs> if things fuck up a lot of the times that's the one they end up using because okay. it looks the best like yeah it's, it's natural but it makes sense anyway she runs off and meets up with Johnny Depp and like he's a, like a little like a what like a little walkover yeah like a walkover footbridge yeah to like oh maybe like a little lake or pond or stream basically or you find is. out that Johnny Depp's a fucking dream guru who's yeah, read all sorts of fucking dream shit and it doesn't help him the least bit I wrote this down too it was interesting he talks about the Balinese method of sleeping and uh, what it is that he he describes it as having dream skills they write down or interpret their dreams and then she starts to ask him about. Well, what about their bad dreams? He's like, well, they basically push those aside. They don't even give it any thought. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't let it manifest, essentially. But yeah, it's um, 
It was pretty interesting. But he's basically a, a dream fucking guru, and yeah. it doesn't help him Not in the least. in the least, because we've already seen some of his actions based on his method of sleeping. Yeah. He doesn't take heed to some of these studies he's done. And you find out that she's been reading fucking survivalist handbooks. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like, booby-trapping and stuff like yeah. that, doesn't, doesn't she? Like, do right that? on the edge of being, like, an anarchist cookbook. Pretty much. It's probably in those days, too, it would make more yeah. sense. It's interesting. <laughs> Uh, she gets home and mom's installed fucking bars and ripped down the trellis. Yep, I put that down in the last She takes down. her down to the basement and you get the exposition. This is where mom tells the tale of Mr. Kruger, right? So mom, like I said, leads Nancy down into the basement. She starts to tell uh, Nancy that Freddie killed 20 kids, right? And From around the neighborhood. Exactly. He got, he got arrested, all that stuff. Uh, but because there was uh, a miswording on... Was it on the warrant? Somebody signed it in the wrong place or something yes, like that. Yes, exactly. And that freed Freddy Krueger. So the parents, being the parents of, you know, I guess Nancy and her friends. Vigilante justice. Yes. So they wound up, like, setting fire they all the way down to down his, that boiler room, right? To a boiler room that he used to bring the kids. Yeah, exactly. And they knew, they, they knew he was in there. They didn't, like, go in there and confront him. They just fucking... Doused the place. And led like a trail back, I guess, yeah. to where they were at. And lit it let up. Let the whole place afire. Yeah, exactly. And she still has the claws locked away in. Yeah, she bucket. goes to like their their furnace room, or the furnace in the basement. She mm-hmm. recovers that glove, doesn't she? She shows Nancy the glove. Then we cut over to Johnny Depp. Yeah, Nancy calls Glenn. Like, after that little episode, she calls Glenn from her bedroom. Uh, she hasn't they, slept in a week, apparently, is what she tells him. She's like, yeah. it's not a Guinness record. 11 days is the yeah, Guinness 11 record. 11 days is the the record. They they live across the street from each other, so they're like yeah. looking through the window at each other. It's kind of cute. Yeah, it is. Um, um, you see him like his bed. Like he's surrounded by electronics. He does something I actually do a lot, mm-hmm. where he puts on music and puts on a TV show, and he listens to the music and doesn't listen to the TV show and watches the TV show separate. Yeah, I've been. I there. thought that was kind of neat. I've been there. I know what you mean. It, it, it is an interesting way of viewing things. <laughs> uh, but I've done that a lot. That's pretty cool. But she's sort of trying to get him convinced on on her plan. She's yeah. going to be like, I'm going to go in and fucking grab him. I pulled out his hat. I'll pull him out. I just need you there so that when I pull him out. So you can clock him. You're yeah. a jock. <laughs> but and what she tells him, what she says is kind of an iconic line right here too to him. Whatever you do, don't, don't fall, fall asleep. asleep. Yeah. So he falls asleep. She mentions to meet, uh, I think her at midnight, right? Like mm-hmm. that, was the, that was the kind of the plan. This is what I thought was funny. I put that uh, Nancy sips coffee to stay awake, right? This is when Glenn, Johnny Depp's mom, enters the room, and she's checking on him. I think I wrote down the time was 11.42 p.m. when this was going on, right? Okay. Um, I guess their conversation was about him, like, like I said, what you were talking about, having the headphones on and watching TV. And he's like, well, what do you said, Miss Nude America's yeah, about to Ms. come Nude on? Yeah, Miss Nude America's going to come on. And, and she's, and she's, she's like, oh, how are you going to listen to what she has to say? He's like, who cares about what she has to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, all right, well, turn that thing off. And yotter, yotter. Um, let's see. When, when that happens, let's see. Or, I'm sorry. And he falls back asleep. He does, man. Uh, Nancy, I put Nancy's mom sees Nancy off the bed. So she's like putting Nancy off the bed, her mom, right? But here's the funny part. When Nancy's mom exits the room, Nancy pulls out that coffee maker from up underneath her bed and starts sipping on coffee again. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, how did her mom not notice that she had a damn coffee maker up underneath her bed? Uh, well, she yeah. was right next to that little, her nightstand. <laughs> like, it was right there. Anywho, that was kind of weird. But, anyway, Glenn, yeah. Glenn's staring. Oh, yeah. Glenn's dad is staring. Yeah, she changes her shirt and, and then, shit. yeah. 
he he goes off how much he doesn't like Nancy. He doesn't yeah. want the kid hanging around him. Yeah, she talks uh, about her when being Nancy crazy. tries to call Glenn back up to wake him up. Mm-hmm. He, well, at first the mom's trying She's to like relay the message. She's like drinking in the hallway, isn't she? The mm-hmm. mom. I put mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. After that scene, you can see like Nancy's trying to sneak out the door, or maybe peeking out the door. She sees her mom drinking out in the hallway, mm-hmm. and then she calls Glenn. I put his parents' answer at this point. I think his mom initially answers right. And then the dad's like, here, give me that phone. And he's kind of, I mean, she kind of wants to go up and do it. And she's just yeah. like, just let her fucking talk to Glenn. But she's not going to also disobey right in yeah, front of, not in front when, of dad. No, no, no. And no. he ends up just being like, you can call back tomorrow or something. Yeah, Glenn, just leave. You call back tomorrow. And then he's like, you know what? Hangs he up. takes the phone off the Hank, off the receiver. Well, oh, then, I put Glenn passes the fuck out. That's yeah. <laughs> he just passed out. Well, and speaking of passing the fuck out, so Nancy, she's like, uh, tries to recall. Yeah. Puts the phone down. She gets a call back, right? Well, before... I would argue that at this point, because of everything that follows, she drifts off at that point. Oh, it makes sense. And I would say that the rest of this movie is a dream. Maybe not necessarily, because uh, we can see that Freddy... Once somebody's scared enough, Freddy can affect the physical realm. That's a good so point. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a dream. Yeah. But you could make the argument that at this point, because of everything that happens, it might all be a dream. Because I, you know what? Let's go with it. I like it. She gets a call back. Yeah, she does. And it's what? Just like the screeching sound? I think so. I think it's just the screeching sound from the other you know, other end of the of the phone. So she hangs up the phone. She pulls rips it, it out yeah, of the wall. From the wall. Wraps it up, throws it on her bed. Yeah, and she's like walking away from her bed, and then the phone starts to ring again. So she answers it. <laughs> and she notices that, duh, it's off the hook, right? Or off the, mm-hmm. even off the phone line. Yeah, she's all weirded out, but she answers it. And when she does... It's funny when he says, I'm your, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Yeah. <laughs> and the receiver turns uh, into uh, like a, prosthetic a mouth and mouth tongue that licks at her. You know... This is what I thought was cool about uh, Heather uh, in this film is that she wanted to keep that prop, and oh, that's and, funny. and the guys who did the makeup, you know, mm-hmm. the special effects, that that was kind of a weird request, <laughs> but that was kind of cool. But you're right, that was a cool scene. And then, so she's running and trying to head across the street because she's like boyfriend. Well, she's well, like, well, right before that, right? I'm sorry. She goes, I think her mom's drunk on the couch. Oh, right? yeah, mom's fucking drunk. And her mom mentions that she's locked all the doors. So that's where, like, all the doors are locked because she's running down the stairs. Well, and I was going to, but that's the thing. I was going to say, she's inside the house. Yeah. Who the fuck cares if she locked the door? Unlock the door, run the fuck out the house. I, I you're know, on the I inside. Know, I don't understand Which that. is why the other reason I would say, you're still in the dream. Yeah, and that would make sense because, like, if you're locked from the inside, right? You wouldn't have locks on the outside of your house leading into your house. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense. No. I mean, come on. Yeah, so that that's a, that gives a good point to your the, the theory, right? That she's still in the dream state. Hmm. Interesting. Exactly. So she's somehow locked inside the house. We go back over to Johnny Depp. Yeah, guess and what? And this is another huge scene. Even throughout the entire series, yes. like this is one of the deaths people remember. Because he gets Pers- pulled into because the Because of who he is, too, right? Yeah. You, you see an arm come up and he gets pulled into the bed and you don't see anything, but no. then a fountain of blood just, just erupts into the ceiling. Yeah, there's like an opening where he came in out of the, you know, into the bed and yeah, just copious amounts of blood. And you can sort of, it's funny because you can sort of start to see it not quite go straight up. Right, right, right. And it's because the the mechanism they had for turning the room upside down and the the liquid 
in the giant container. Right. The way it drained and sort of started to swirl and shit, the way it was draining into the room, they didn't account for. So the room didn't quite stay completely upside down the way it was supposed to. And it actually swung, and a lot of blood actually sprayed out of the room and hit, like, Wes Craven and shit. That would have been pretty cool on set. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're like, oh, yes. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) You, You can see it, especially towards the end, sort of start to drip off, like... Uh, the the lamps and shit at a weird angle. That's pretty cool. Which almost adds even a neat, a little effect to it. Yeah. But it was kind of a fuck up. Well, even so, like, it's, it's a pretty cool yeah. fuck up. <laughs> let's see here. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so let's just what we're down there. The, the epic Johnny Depp death scene. You know what I mean? His debut movie, and this is bye his bye death Johnny scene. Depp. Yep. Goodbye. This is when his mom walks in on all the gore and, and carnage going on. Right. Uh, and then shortly after the ambulance arrives, um, he says, "He says you're not going to need a body bag. You'll need a mop <laughs> for this." Mm-hmm. That's what he makes mention of. And then um, Nancy's dad shows up. He's on the. He arrives on the scene. Nancy, she peeks out the window from the bars and she waves. He waves back. That's what I wrote down. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. After that, uh, Glenn's dad. I think he's right outside, and he he like starts to see some of the blood and he starts getting sick, so he runs off. Nancy winds up calling the house right again. But she calls dad. She, she's calling for her dad at the Glens. Yeah. She starts to, pro, to, to propose an idea to her dad about Freddy like, Krueger. just make sure you come over here in at like 1230, right? Yeah. She's in like 30 minutes. Yep. Knock down the fucking door if you have to, whatever. Oh, hold on. This is interesting, right? Because she, she says in 20 minutes. And Reese, she says that. Kind of makes sense because they said when she says that, that's how much time remains in the film. No, she says 30 because okay, okay. I remember because I remember I was going to check for that same thing. Like, 30, does that match up to how much time remains in the film? Okay. And she says, it's just enough time for me to get in there and find him and shit. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And what ends up happening is he says, he sort of patronizes her and like, yeah, I'll do that, whatever. Doesn't he like put a, like a little beat cop on the scene? And he puts a beat cop on it. When she hangs up... Mm -hmm. She, she instead goes full home alone. <laughs> she does. Booby traps the home. <laughs> That's funny. No, completely like... She does, man. She does like a ridiculous amount of shit. She sets all kinds of booby traps, man. She was Data and... And I was sitting there just <laughs> like laughing my ass off. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Like, it probably would have took me a good hour to do all the shit that she did. There's something interesting on there about all that stuff that pays but off. But at the very end of it all, she gets done with all of that. Yeah. And she sits down in her bed, and it's 12.20. And she sets an alarm for 10 minutes. Yeah. And she goes, all right, dad'll be here in 10. It'll be time. Yeah, that gives me time mm-hmm. to do that. So um, she did all that in 20 minutes. Okay. And then she gave herself 10 minutes, and to, then that yeah, was the full sense. 30 for dad. Yeah, um, yeah. after she booby-traps the house and like, lays herself down, uh, it goes back to her dad, and he sees all that carnage inside of uh, Johnny Depp's room. He comes out, and he talks to the cop, and they're asking, he's like, well, where's the corner at? The guy's like, the corner's still in the bathroom puking. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? A mom, this is where mom, I think, uh, Nancy's mom comes in, or she, oh, no, maybe she's on the couch. I can't remember. She's either in her bed, but she starts to apologize to Nancy about Freddy Krueger, right? 
That, yeah, that's oh, that's it. right. Right yeah. before she goes to bed, she yep. has that sort of little conversation. With yeah, me. she's like, I apologize. I should have told you about it sooner. Yeah, and all that nonsense. But this that's when Nancy sets her alarm clock, says bedtime so prayer. So she got all that shit done in like 15 yeah. minutes and then went and talked She does to an inner dialogue. Doesn't she have like an inner dialogue of some sort between her and maybe Glenn or something that happened? And it puts, it puts Nancy to sleep is what I put. That's when she goes downstairs. She enters the basement when she puts herself to sleep. She notices the glove is missing from the furnace because that's the first mm-hmm. thing she goes over to. And she ends up finding a way to head down to the boiler. Yeah, from her from her basement too. So that automatically assumes. And she starts hearing shit from dialogue from throughout the entire movie. Yeah, basically. Good point. Pertaining to different things from the plot and yep. her and Freddie and this. And yeah, that. I put Tina and Glenn and Freddie's voice are heard in the boiler room. Uh, she starts to shout to Freddy Krueger that she's here. She's like, I'm here, Freddy, or Krueger. No, I thought says. that there was a portion in there where she finds the crucifix again. She and does. I thought it kind of implied that maybe that was something that one of the victims had on them. That's a good point. That they took into that dream state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, and she, she does... also finds Glenn's headphones. Yeah, she, she finds that crucifix like on a random bed inside that boiler room. She walks over to that furnace and she, that's where Although she it seems weird headphones. that the, the thing is the headphones and it was naming it too yeah Glenn's the headphones, headphones I feel like were just one of those Freddy things to freak her out and yeah. it doesn't actually have anything to do with how he died no no I agree I the agree crucifix I feel like is something weird because the rhyme sort of implies that it has some sort of power against him that's a good and point. when it was up on the wall he wasn't pushing through it and so that's why I kind of feel like it might be something from one of the victims. It's something that he can't help his. So that's that's why I was kind of implying that earlier on too. Like, so what did you put on the wall? You didn't see him come out anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, great point. But uh, she, yeah, she does collect all these different uh, trinkets because I think yeah, even like say earlier, um, Tina had that crucifix, right? Right. Yeah, so it makes sense. So these are like little tokens, maybe mm-hmm. that he's keeping too. As she's going through, she's sort of calling, like calling out Freddie. Yeah. And she walks out an area and ends up. Yeah. She's uh, well. He actually starts to uh, to chase her after she finds those headphones. She appears outside of her home, and that's when they start to wrestle. And uh, they they wrestle onto the lattice that that got torn down inside well, the front yard. Yeah. Well, that was the weird thing. So she she ends up in the front, and they were wrestling some. But she looks down at the time, mm-hmm. and when there's only like eight seconds left. That's when she goes and she tackles Freddy she onto the lattice. Yeah, because there's like an in-between where you see her on her bed sleeping and dreaming and you see that lattice appear. Mm-hmm. And then where they're on that and they're wrestling. And then as she wakes up, mm-hmm. how does it go? So as she wakes up... Yeah, the, the alarm, alarm clock goes, goes off. off. Uh, I put Freddy... Uh, he eventually scares her in, in her bedroom. Well, I'm trying the, to think how her how wake goes, up sequence though. is really weird though yeah. too because what happens is she's wrestling with Freddie and he's kind of on top of her yeah. and as the alarm goes off Freddie oh, turns like, in like it turns into the lattice yeah and as right. she throws the lattice off of her and as the camera zooms out where the lattice would have landed there's yeah. nothing there that's a good point yeah because she I think she makes a, a slight mention that maybe this didn't work. And then she gets off, off the bed, and that's when he reappears behind her. And mm-hmm. then she, she storms off from her bed, and that's when the uh, the whole Home Alone action starts. Yeah, and she starts running through the house and busting out windows and yelling across the street. Yeah. To the beat cop. Yep. And he's like, uh... She's yelling, help, help, I have him trapped. He's in here. He's trying to kill me, this and that. 
she's having to bust out windows crazy, and yell this. There's a B cop. There's a group of people that are watching the house. Yeah, from right across. It's not like it's not like they're miles away. They're right across the street with a young girl <laughs> yelling, "Help! Help!" He, I got him trapped inside the house. And then, and then she just ends up yelling at him, "Get my dad, you asshole!" Yeah, no, right? He's like, "Well, maybe I should get the lieutenant." <laughs> you know, um, here's something I was going to mention too because of that scene where where Freddie comes out of her her bedroom and he trips over that wire. And that, and, uh, and that hammer, hammer whatever. comes down. Yeah, it comes down and whacks Freddy him. gets hammered. He eventually, doesn't he like wind up tripping him? That actually happens second? just right next anyway. Yeah. Um, she winds up, uh, oh yeah, 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 okay, okay. That scene that happened for that stuntman, that won him an award. Oh, wow. Yeah, I read that. Where he like, he winds up tripping over the, the top of the stairs. Oh, down and the all stairs. the way down the stairs. He winds up getting an award for that. Because he oh, winds, okay. doesn't Freddy wind up like next to her at the door, the front door? Something and that's like how that. it leads to them going back down into the basement. And then, well, then they go into the living room, and that's where she set up, like, the explosive yeah. light bulb. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty uh, wild, But then yeah. they end up back down to the basement. Yeah, she winds up setting fire. She sets them on fire. And then she get like, a, I can't remember, it was, like, some kind of uh, glassware or some kind of shit she tossed on them. She's like, hey, pretty. And he's like, oh, no. He yeah. does all that, oh, no. Yeah, it was, I think it was some sort of high-proof liquor is what it looked like to me. Probably, yeah, her mom's stash. That would yeah, make sense. It looked like some moonshine or something. Some white <laughs> yeah. lightning. Uh, she sets him on fire. She goes upstairs. And yeah, she locks the basement, the cops too. And, shit, and she's like, come with me. This is where she is. Or not she. This is where he is. And they yeah. go to check it out, and he's not down there. And they look in the living room, and there's these fiery footsteps leading That upstairs. lead upstairs, yep. She's like, oh, shit. He's going after mom. Yeah, they follow the fiery footsteps, and flaming Freddy is on is top of Mom, smothering her. Yeah, he's like on top of her. And then um, her dad, the lieutenant, winds up putting the, like the, one of the covers or sheets on top of them to put it out. Mm-hmm. And when <laughs> this is funny, when when he this does, is a fucking trip too. It is wild, man. Because when when he takes the cover off, or when they take the cover off, Freddy's, Freddy's gone, there. but the mom's all singed, right? Not just sin. She's like she's a corpse. corpse. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because she has that hand. And it almost looks like she's waving at them, mm-hmm. and it looks all robotic. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of funny. And then she fades just lowers into the bed, right? Into fades like into a the blue bed. light, yeah. and fades out, and then the I bed's put, just yeah, there. The mom just gets swallowed by the bed, and the dad's like, they're both. They sort of hug, but neither <laughs> of them are broken up about mom. Yeah, it's weird. It's like they're they're in in a weird way. They're kind of in a weird state of shock. You know what I mean? Like, did mm-hmm. this really fucking happen? But yeah, they don't really give a whole lot of regard to mom. Uh, but the yeah. dad winds up going downstairs, right? While Nancy stays in the mom's well, room. Well, and Nancy kind of shoes off. I'll be along in a second. Yeah. She kind of, yeah, and dad kind of wanders off. But she kind of has her back to the bed, and you can kind of see a figure coming up out of the bed with the sheet over it. And mm-hmm. she's like, Freddie, I know oh, that's she's you. Like, yeah, I know you're there. I planned on this. Then she's like, I know your secret. Uh, she winds up telling what the secret is, right? And her secret was saying that that in order for for him to have power, you have to feed into it. Mm-hmm. She's like, "I'm not going to give you that power. I'm going to take it away from just you." Goes and unlocks the door and walks away. And he's like, "No." Yeah. So as, yeah, you're right. So as she's reaching for the door, that's what happens. And he's like, "No." He disintegrates. No. And disintegrates. But when she opens the door, this is kind of neat. It's so like she opens into sunshine. a nice spring day next yeah. to mom. Outside, it goes from her mom's room to outside the front door, right, with her mom. Mm-hmm. Super bright. So there's a huge contrast. And they have a little exchange. Yeah. It doesn't even fucking matter what they said. Because what happened? Oh, what? mom talks about quitting drinking. So it seems yeah. like it's a sunshiny, happy ending, right? 
and uh, then Glenn and Tina and Ra they appear in that that car right out that's front. That's red and green striped. Mm-hmm. And they pick up Nancy. It seems to be for school. Like everything seems hunky dory. When they go inside, when Tina gets, I'm not Tina. Uh, when Nancy, Nancy gets inside the car, uh, the windows and the convertible top like kind of come down. This is interesting about that. That actually happened, and they kept that tape because they said that mechanically it went down way too fast, mm-hmm. and that reaction that they have inside the car is real, a real reaction to that. So yeah, that's what we. It was kind of interesting you mentioned that earlier. They kind of head off. Yeah, the the, the car's it, actually being controlled. Like he's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. That's what Johnny Depp says. I'm not doing this. And mom's just kind of like waving them off. And Freddie busts through and pulls. Oh, them. oh, right before that. I'm sorry. Right before oh, that. Okay. The car does drive off. Right with them kind of like in panic. The kids in panic. You see those girls again jump jumping rope and they're doing the rhyme. And then mom like she's kind of maybe realizing it. And that's when Freddie comes right. out, grabs her. And pulls her, pulls her, and sucks her in, right into the uh, into the front window of the of the home. The rhyme ends the movie. The kids doing this jump rope, and that's it. That's the, the end that's credits it. and the music outro. And what the fuck all just happened? All right, so hold end. on. So that whole ending, I, I read about this. Okay. Okay. Since we're you know we're in guts and bolts. Yeah. Yep. Um, Wes Craven initially wanted a happy glossy ending, like just wanted it that way. You know, he's not, I mean, for, for being a master horror, he actually yeah. is kind of a happy, glossy guy. He did that, what, Music of the Heart movie, Yeah, right? it's pretty interesting, you know? Yeah. Uh, which, like I said, I, I think it, it pays owe to people who, who who do like the duality. Like you said, you like really dark, but then you like lighter humor, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. happy-go-lucky stuff. Uh, Silent Bob Strike Back. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's like all these, these beautiful things. Um, <laughs> it. I know what you're talking about. It's funny. He didn't direct that. That's not no, no, no. He, he's people. he's in a scene, but it's funny. He it's makes funny. a cameo. I'm busy, yeah. Brenda. Yeah, <laughs> counting my money. Okay, I'm busy counting my money. <laughs> uh, damn it, Wes. Uh, anyway, um, uh, the point I was making with that is that he wanted a happy ending, but the producers wanted kind of like a twist, so that way they could keep the franchise going. Like, oh, okay. give it kind of like a. The cliffhanger, you know what I mean? Oh, gotcha. So they had to make a compromise, right? He was initially not happy about it, and there was a halt to it somehow, and like, so they finally came to a compromise. Um, I can't remember if it had something to do with the copyright owners. Somebody within within didn't want it to have a happy ending. Oh, okay. So that's why they had the kind of partial, glossy, happy, like the brightness, but then also had to leave you with a cliffhanger. So, well... I feel like at some point it was supposed to end, but then it went on anyway. Was it three where it was supposed to end? Do you remember? It, that, that would probably make sense, considering the title too, Dream Warriors and stuff like that. Well, because like the, I don't like number two. I thought number two was kind of shit. Number you know, two is weird. Like a bunch of little kids different. basically get superpowers that do dick all. Oh, no, no, no. Part two. Part two is actually about this kid in high school. Oh, like this which dude one? In high school. Completely different. Oh, okay. No, I think I know which one you're talking about. I think it's three or... F- I think it might be three or four. Anyway. Yeah, I know that, what you're I talking mean, about. I mean, three is actually good, even if it is the one that I was just mentioning. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Like, there, there was a certain part where you should... Like all of these, as we keep mentioning. Yeah, no, part two has a really... Uh, part two has a great ending, actually. I'll say that. But no, I know what you mean. There, I think it is part three. Is, might be the Dream Warriors. But anywho, um, it's, it's pretty interesting because they also pay an ode... To um, Jason Voorhees, in a part of it, they said that they can't, there was a part of his mask on mm-hmm. one of the, um, I think one one like one of the dresser drawers or a shelf or something like okay. that. 
uh, in a workshop. Somehow it winds up in the film, right? So when you look at the end of the credits, you, you do see a, a special thank you to Sam Raimi, Sean S. Cunningham, the original director of the Friday the 13th series, etc. So it's, you know, it's, nice. it's, it's pretty interesting. Like I said, all these different connections okay. we're starting to see. We were talking about this film and how we, we grew up watching it, etc. Uh, there was two stories I wanted to tell real briefly because I yeah. feel like if I don't tell them, man, then it kind of it doesn't do it really any justice. Yeah. Uh, uh, first one I'll make real quick. During the whole 80s explosion of this franchise, there was a 1-900 hotline number for Freddy's hotline, whatever. Okay. So there was a series of like commercials, like these little maybe 15-second clip commercials of like Freddy advertising, like, call my hotline, and you'll hear this scary tale. So I was a kid, and I called it, right? <laughs> and you hear it, and it gives you like like maybe a, maybe a two-minute story. Okay. And then it's like call back for the conclusion, or you know next week or whatever. So I was like, well, maybe the conclusions of a call back right now. So I'll call it again, <laughs> right? And so it appears, of course, on the phone bill, and yeah. I get in trouble for calling it. So that was yeah. that was one instance wow. of, of Freddy Krueger. Nice. So yeah, so you yeah, can look. You, you can go on YouTube. You didn't even call anything. You didn't like. Call it wasn't even naughty. Line. You weren't even getting your. It's just Freddy Krueger. I wanted to hear his tell. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was Robert England. Way to go. Um, so anyhow, you can YouTube it, probably find that commercial I'm talking about. Uh, second story involves my best friend growing up. He's still my best friend today. All right. Is, uh, I mentioned to you, like I said, he was real big into certain pop icons during that time period, but one that he and I both really got into were Freddy Krueger. But he went the whole nine yards with this one. He got the hat. He had the glove. He had the sweater. He had the whole get up, right? So I remember walking from my grandmother's up the street, maybe five or six houses, to his his home and he's already on the front porch but he's decked out right and i'm like okay. oh that's sean you know whatever so i go over and i'm like hey sean and now keep in mind i was probably like eight or nine okay and sean was probably 12 11 or 12 gotcha. uh and he's just he's just calm doesn't say anything just gives you that stare you know i'm like okay this is kind of creepy like, you know Hello. and then he finally gets up and then he starts to chase me and the chase goes around his house you know with his glove and all that stuff you know and eventually he's like all right you know, it got it's you. like I had enough. Right. Yeah, so you know, it's just stuff like that. Like nice. I said, growing up, That's that fun. it was a fun uh, Dude, time. I thought that glove was the shit. Yeah, you know, and it was really cool too. Being like I said, a, um, kind of a part of that '80s and '90s culture and pipe pop culture, and some of these figures, like I said, horror icons coming out during that time period. Mm -hmm. uh, Freddy Krueger being a huge one, you know. So anytime we get to review movies or in this film, for instance. It just brings me back, and it may, you know. It, it, and we we are going to hit the series him. again for sure. Yeah, uh, we'll be seeing Freddy again. But until that time, oh yeah, we're going to be moving on with slashers. Yes, we are. <laughs> and we looked it up just to be sure, and we are moving still chronologically in order. We are, and like I said, it wasn't necessarily planned, but as we as we were, you know, like we looked them all up and we realized this. we're going completely chronologically. Yeah, you know, I was like, you know what, it, this really is a really good history lesson in, in the the genre of slasher films. So next, we're going to go to another slasher who's yes. known for cracking wise. Yes, he has some really good one liner zingers. You name it. Known for his voice. The voice is central to this character. Um, uh, we're going to uh, play around. This actually, I, I'd like to say this, right? I'm this not giving it, maybe a little bit. This this will be our shortest killer so far uh, on the list. Yeah. Are we going to give it away then? I mean, can we? Well, Do you yeah, want well, to? Let's just give it away. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about Chucky with some child's play. Child's play is next. Uh, I'm really excited. Unlike the name, this I is, have a fun story about this, this is, one. I, I know you do. I can't to. wait. But uh, making puns here is like this is no child's play that no, we're about to get yeah. into. 
This really isn't. Yeah. It's appropriately named. I like shit it. Shit out of me. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. it. I've got some good tales. I know you've got some good tales. This is one too where that I actually really enjoy some of the the shitty later entries. Yeah. It's understandable because they're still fun. Yeah. It's kind of like maybe like the Leprechaun series. Oh, red a man bit. getting killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, Red. Love your rap, but yeah, you know, I think some some rappers they got into the the horror game. No, yeah. you know, whatever. Dude, we got to do Bones sometime. Yeah, there's some good ones, man. There's some good anyway, ones. Yeah. Tell us what uh, <laughs> I guess with that, if you want to make sure that you hear those episodes yes. as we get to them or hear any of the ones that we have done previously, you can find them posted all up on SoundCloud. We're still there. Uh, or on iTunes. Yes, where, we're available on uh, iTunes If as well. you subscribe to us there or follow us on SoundCloud, obviously you will get them up to date. Yeah. At Fried Squirms for Twitter. We've gotten, we're getting better at using it. Yeah, I like so we're getting more bit. content, or at least trying to pump it a little bit more frequently. Uh, we've been trying to put extra shit on the website. Yeah, uh, we're, I went and saw Logan, and I thought it was amazing. And if you want to know exactly what I thought, then you can go check it out on there. Yeah, like so, we have we have some other interests outside of horror, which we're not always going to talk about, but no. sometimes we're going to. Because you know, there's sometimes always we feel like it's awesome. There's always going to be crossovers. You mm-hmm. know, just can't help it. But yeah, like so, we're still there. You still check us out on Facebook. Uh, on our fan page. Facebook, Facebook is probably what we're the best at using right now because yeah. we're from that generation-ish. Yeah, and, you know, it's just, it's easier to keep in contact with a lot of people we know. Um, and we are very recently on Tuned In, yeah. if that's how you get your podcast. So check us out on Tuned In. I think that's We might have some news now. coming up, possibly, yeah, too. we might have more news coming up. We're waiting to hear back on We'll wait news. beforehand, right? Yeah, yeah I think we, we want to get confirmation and... Hopefully, we'll, We've got some e- even if doing. there's problems with it, we'll make sure to get those problems yeah. ironed Well, I'll put it this way. We, we got some things brewing. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's been fun doing this episode. Like I said, I hope, uh, I hope if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. This gives uh, another iconic figure, like I said, to the slasher genre. You get to see another good Wes Craven film. And we have another one coming. Yeah, yes, we do. <laughs> I can't wait for it. But not yet. Not yet. Child's Play next. And I can't then, wait. I can't wait. Possibly... Yeah. We'll see what happens. But yes, Child's Play first. Then, no, after that, that's when we're hitting the right, screen. All right. But yeah, so we'll, we'll get through Child's Play. Great film. Can't wait to do it. Can't wait to tell some of the stories. And I think for this time, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Have a good one. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>